Hey, welcome to episode 160 of the Collector's Quest podcast. In this episode, what I wanted to do was to go over the history of pack-ins in video games, but it turns out that's a pretty hard history to comprehensively cover. And what I mean by pack-ins is stuff that came with games that didn't need to come with games. The feelies, the temporary tattoos, the 12 pack of balls that came with some copies of Run Like Hell. So we're doing our best to get some of the most interesting, earliest examples of this. And we're also talking about just throwing away stuff you don't need in your life. Just, uh, that went on for a while. So enjoy the show, tell your mom about the show, join our Patreon, collectorsquest.com slash Patreon. Nope, patreon.com slash collectorsquest. Uh, give us five stars on iTunes, and let's go now. <laughs> so much I, I i'm not even lying i it is one of the things i genuinely like about you good i like good Fine. stuff and i like finding out about video games oh yeah should we do that on this episode of collector's quest welcome back Whoa! and we're back that was a weird intro because johnny did it but we're just gonna <laughs> use that as the intro now What's happening? I don't. Where am I? <laughs> well, no, we, no. We always scrap one. I figure this is the scrap oh, one. This is the and scrap one. The real one. We're just gonna. We're gonna do it intentionally now. We'll just intentionally no, throw it away. I'm not, I don't think this episode's gonna have a, an after show. It is uh, two a.m. and we have started recording. I think it's gonna you be a don't short have show. Have work guys, tomorrow. You yes. have a dog. Uh, yeah, I have a dog. I gotta wake up at seven thirty to walk a dog now. Like, it has to fix my sleep schedule. Like, I legitimately might not be able to do these crazy late shows anymore. Because for, you have to wait, walk your for, dog? For yes. the dog? that You have a I'm backyard, sorry, and it's a <laughs> tiny dog. Well, I, it's not a fenced-in yard. Oh, my God. So put up a, a an 8 by 8 gate. Yep. It's a tiny-ass dog. Johnny, it's, it's going to be exactly like it is for a new parents. You know how, like, you know, you, yeah. you drop the pacifier at first, and then you, like, sterilize get it. That, <laughs> get that sanitizer <laughs> you know? real quick. Now yeah. I'm just brushing dirt off of it and shoving it back Fuck in that. I mouth. just put it in my own mouth and then, yeah. put you know, put it back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's he's in that stage of, like, oh, I have to walk my tiny-ass dog at 730 in the morning or the world will end. Uh, also, this is Ada's dog, not your dog. Uh, Look, she, dog doesn't she like forced you. it on you, so you have to be like, Look. When push comes to shove, this is your dog, so you have to do the things. Yes, whoever the dog likes gets to walk it. Uh, if that I was the case, fair. I would never have to walk this dog. So Look, All she has to do is play a little less Animal Crossing, and she, she will have time to walk the dog. Uh, she's probably sleeping right now, but other if she, before she was asleep, she was definitely playing a few hours of Animal Crossing. Let me tell you about my morning. I woke up. I went downstairs. The dog was... Uh, He's got like a little spot in front of the window on the couch where he usually has his bed and he sits on his bed and looks out the window. So all I did the whole morning is I took his bed, which wasn't on the couch, and I brought it over to his spot on the couch and put it next to him so he could lay on his bed. And he just, I wasn't even near him. He just ran over to me and bit my arm. And that was (laughs) my first interaction with the dog of the morning. Wow. Why does your, man, your dog aggressively hates you. I Uh, told you not to get one of these tiny aggressive dogs. Loves Ada though. We tried to we tried to get you a nice golden retriever and <laughs> something family friendly and nice. 
you know, that enjoys people. Instead, you've got this dog that whenever a man walks into your house, that dog is going to hide or bite. Johnny, so you've been to my cool. house. No one's coming to my house. Come on. You should just name the dog You're, Lawsuit What about your right dad? Now. My dad. And, like, they'll, and you have like three with friends. The, the dog. Look, no, no, no. I've seen your video game set up for Rock Band and stuff. You definitely plan on having people. Uh, I mean, in the, in that the make, living That's room. what makes it all the sadder, Johnny. That's what makes <laughs> that, it all the sadder. Like, Johnny, how many wine glasses do you have? I think I have like 16 wine glasses in my house. When am I going to have 14 other people over here? I don't know what I'm hey. doing having uh, all hey, this stuff. That's, that's a rookie move. I, I threw away, like we had a box of wine glasses that had never been opened. So I threw those away. We have four long stem and we have four stemless. And that, like, there's never going to be more than eight people drinking wine. Carly and I don't even like wine. so <laughs> Or eight people. Know, uh, yeah, well, we barely like. Carly likes people. Me, well, less so. Um, yeah, it's a rookie move. So just get rid of those wine glasses. You don't need to haul that around with you for the rest of your life. Just dump it. Well, uh, so is this the show? Are we recording collector's quest? So I've got, we've got those 16 wine glasses of like, it's like two or three different sets that are mixed up together. And now I just got another 16 for my wedding. And it's like, okay, I'll throw out all the old wine glasses, but then I'll have 16 new wine glasses that I can't throw out because they're from my fucking wedding. No, like I, that's look, you think that's true. That's, I had the same problem. I had this box of new wine glasses. Like someone spent like $40. If you break that down, like 16 into like uh, they spent $50 on it, that's not nice glasses. That's no, the, the cost <laughs> for glass isn't very high. Just throw that away. It's garbage. I have Bye. never, I have never been called out in the history of my marriage uh, from someone who like bought me something at, the, at, the wedding and like had been called out on it later like no one's yeah, coming this is over like a family friend no one's from coming 90s, over to your house Tyler, and be like hey where's my casserole dish you son of a bitch <laughs> like no one no one you're no right one's doing look that. so like here here's the other pro tip like all that tupperware that you're like unsure if it like if you have a lid get oh, rid yeah, of that we, we threw Just all that buy... like forget yeah. that that nonsense it's Just all standardized in one thing now yeah yeah, Pyrex or stuff that all fits into each other. Don't do this giant drawer full of shitty Tupperware. Oh my god. Also, like just like if you got some of those if you can't afford it, like that's a different thing. But if you like have like butter dishes and whipped cream things as like your primary Tupperware, like in with your primary Tupperware, if that's all you can afford, look, you do what you got to do. That's what I grew up with. Uh you know, you get you don't know if you have butter or leftovers. Uh, is how my childhood went. But <laughs> but if you have got past that stage of your life, those you don't need those as Tupperware anymore. Just throw them away, man. Just, it's okay. Just go Let through your go. kitchen, like after you while you're listening to this episode. It's a podcast. We don't have like a YouTube channel. Just go right now, and everything that you haven't touched in a year, just throw it out. You don't need that weird that weird white dish that well, I don't know. I guess on. you could hold, put hold something on. in. Let, let's let's Are say we doing a Marie Kondo. Uh, sure. I'm yeah, into for it. a bunch, three hoarders give advice on how to get rid of things. <laughs> well, that's why it's so funny. Like kitchen, I have no problem. I'll go through and be like, God, we don't need any of this junk. This this mixer is like the bad tongs and the good tongs. We're throwing out the bad tongs. We don't need the bad tongs. And then it comes nobody to like needs, my video games. Nobody like, needs wow. the can opener that doesn't work and like also the can opener that does work. Right? Like we've yeah, got the one yeah. with the nice handles and then the one that's just like the, the shitty dollar store one. It's like, get out of here, dollar store one. We don't need a backup can opener. Yeah. If it breaks, I'll Amazon it. And two days later, my life will be fine. Just It's true. I do have a shitty can opener. Why do <laughs> oh, I have that? Stephen, like, I, what's taking I up threw, space? I threw mine away. Look, also all these kitchen appliances that are like 
ultra specific, you don't need a, but like, I didn't need a pineapple core. That's all I'm saying. I don't <laughs> oh, eat that much pineapple. You, you don't need no unitaskers. Yeah. Like it's gotta be, unless it's high function, like I use it all the time, then no unitaskers. So you guys gotta. I feel, I feel so seen right now. <laughs> uh, this is my, this is already my favorite episode in a while. Uh, like that's. Look, this is like real life problems that people have. Like, it's you know, so like I, I do keep my, I do have an apple slicer, which I use very regularly. So I keep that. So, you know, but uh, the rest uh, of that like, stuff, like get through, like really examine what, how much you have. Also mugs. Why do you have 45 coffee mugs? You I, don't drink that much coffee and no, not that many people are ever coming over. Get rid of the shitty ones and keep the cool ones. How about those really big, like heavy, uh, like desk tape dispensers? that you've never put tape on or haven't had to roll of tape on in like 12 years. Yeah. That, like, you know, with you sand. know when you need tape, you just buy the disposable tape dispenser. You know, yeah. you do that. And yet you have the big, like the, the big one with like sand in the bottom that, that you know why that, it's like, because you had some office job 10 years ago and like <laughs> you cleared out your desk and like, you just took it and now you're like, well, I mean, it's a tape dispenser. What am I going to do? Get rid of it? Yes. I am, throw it away. I am staring at that dispenser right now. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> throw, throw it away. That's the other like go through your junk drawer and like really do you need all the stuff in that junk drawer? Let let it go. Yeah, uh, you Carly could close I, your you could pull that drawer out entirely, close your eyes and just throw it all in the garbage, and you would never like know. Your life would not change. Yeah, you would no, your life would change not at all. Maybe yeah. like, maybe there's like a half used tube of super glue that might still be good if you really tried. But that's about it. So you might have to buy some new super glue. In eight months, if you need something from there, you're like, oh, we don't have staples. Guess we'll go to Amazon and prime some and have them tomorrow. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, it's, we're living in the future, guys. You don't need to keep anything anymore. You need a laptop. That's it. Remember, you need room for games. Okay? Yes, exactly. Those kitchen cabinets are useful. Ask, what's his name? I can't remember. Hey, uh, I I stored uh, uh, my Ninja Turtles collection. I don't know if you guys seen old pictures when I. Oh yeah, Ninja I Turtles saw. Hardcore. Yeah, your cabinets. I remember. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, with uh, games, it's like the opposite though. Because I walk into my game room, I'm like, wow, look at all those Sega Master System games. I haven't played Sega Master System in three years, but I'm sure happy I have those. Yeah, uh, yeah. Basic life stuff. Totally good about like, let's get rid of this. Carly and I just had a dumpster. Like I I rented one of those twenty foot long dumpsters, and just had them park it and. We just went through the garage and everything, um, like in the backyard, like like lawn furniture that had got rusty and stuff that we were never going to use. Also, our porch sucks, and we're never going to sit back there. It's like get rid of this. Shit. All this stuff is gone. A fire pit that her like mom gave us, you know, five years ago like, that we've never ever used. Like, it's all California. this stuff is gone. Yeah, what, you what know, you I, I have a house pit? with two chimneys, the most useless of things. Like, well, they're decorative. I don't <laughs> need decorative fireplaces, okay? As, you know you know how cold it is right now? Like 64 degrees. It's midwinter, okay? I, I don't need this. I hate fireplaces. And mine, it's not, you've seen my fireplace stuff, and it's not a little fireplace. It's no, gigantic. It's, yeah, it's a it's a grand fireplace. Yeah, like, it has a built-in brick bench that, so so multiple people can sit around it. I don't. There are elves that live in that fireplace. Yeah, welcome to Southern California, where this thing <laughs> has never been used. I've literally never used it. In fact, if you go into the one in our like our spare room or whatever, uh, the like the gas check thing, like 
be sure to do this when you're like turning on your fireplace for the first time that like the gas company put when they certified when we bought our house nine years ago. It's still there because I've never pulled it off because I've never turned it on. I got to tell you, I'm having so much fun in this conversation. Part of me wants to just abandon the actual episode topic and just talk about throwing away shit we don't need. (laughs) I I have like the urge to like, man, I could go through my house right now and probably easily without even like thinking about whether I was up, just like fill up a garbage bag of like stuff we'll never (laughs) use again. Yeah. And you wouldn't even notice. Right. That garbage bag would leave your house and you wouldn't be able to tell. Yes. Yeah. Carly and I got rid of so much stuff. And then like we had the whole donate donation pile stuff we haven't even finished that part i'm just like please let's get rid of all this stuff before people come back into the house like let's let's get rid of so much shit, please please you know what uh, johnny i've got a uh you know how like charities and and stuff sometimes send you return address labels like they'll put your address on a sticker so you can put it on the envelope so you don't have to write that yeah, yeah i love those i've got a sheet of those sitting on my router right now I have a drawer full of them somewhere else. I'm going to throw out this one on the router right now, just so we can take an actionable item here on the show. See, I actually love those because, like, I hate writing out Don't the addresses. Don't tell me Plus, to keep it, asshole. No, no, throw those away. I love my. I I use mine though. If you don't use, oh if no, you have I use this mine many, too. You're I just have so many of them. That was from St. Right. Jude's Children's Hospital. I am. I'm going to 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 follow the trend. I'm going to throw away that tape dispenser tonight. That's going Please away. Do. All right, it's going in the trash. Let's see. I'm going to open up my junk drawer here. The office junk drawer. Let's see something to pull out. I Uh, love what this episode's become so much. Okay. I've got a spindle of CDs. (laughs) I don't even know if my computer has a CD drive. Okay. How many of those are AOL free hours? No, no. This is like legit like recordable like ours. What if you need to burn a Dreamcast game because your Uh, disc is damaged? It's already in the garbage. Mm. I already put it in the trash bag. (laughs) Gone. All right, in the spirit of things. Also, I've got like this case that came with my Logitech mouse and like the cord that's supposed to be stored in it to charge my mouse. But because it's like one of those old rechargeable batteries, now if I unplug my mouse, it just uh, dies. So it's all a permanent charge in. So uh, we're just throwing this thing away that's holding. Yeah, I'm staring at a spindle of CDs right now that I know for sure is full of driver disks for hardware that I do not own. Oh, ooh, here's a good one that's going to. Microsoft <laughs> 2000 Professional, uh, Office 2000. See you later. Gone. Peace. <laughs> How about all your uh, your mini USB cables? Got oh, a oh, nice I, I drawer full a... of those somewhere? Okay, no. I have no, a Tupperware. You know are a bin full of like miscellaneous cables that's marked for the trash. I use the mini USB cables enough because they're so shitty, like even high quality ones are so shitty that I replace them all the time. Like I I genuinely use those. What, I will, what I will, do you have that uses mini I will USB? defend to the death. I don't know, like random mini devices and fucking, I don't know. I'm sure half the things on this desk use them. Oh my god. Here here's the other thing I'm going to suggest you throw away, especially if like you're in your office. Okay, grab all those little thumb drives that are like 1 gig and f- <laughs> get rid of them. Take them, just put it into a file what if, folder. What if they have homework from get, 2003 on them, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What if they're like I'll, I'll, I do have this like snazzy collector's edition StarCraft drive that I do. Well, enjoy. sure, like whatever if you've got a collector's one, but okay. like, I have just like generic ones that companies give you at conferences. Oh, sure. I'm like, <laughs> it's like not even a gig. I, megabytes. Yeah, like if it says megabytes on it, put it in the garbage. Like don't, 
Like, what did we do? If it's like less than eight gigs, put it in the garbage. So yeah. I've yes. got I've got those all organized. They're in a box. And then every time I need something, I'm looking through SD cards. And I got like SD cards going back to like the year 2000. Oh so I'm looking at like, oh, look, a 32 megabyte SD card. No, I need one that's at least eight gigs. I don't care also, what I'm using I, it for. I, I just want to have thumb eight drives. Gigs. The, there are not quality people like those thumb drives fail all the time. So don't th- like I know everyone has it in their head or lots of people have it in their head that like, you know, s- s- uh, solid state technology is like impervious to failure. No, no. Those slim drives fail all the f-ing time. Yeah. Uh, so don't don't keep anything important from... on that. Shit. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Get rid of like in your office. Go ahead and get rid of that stuff. Also, like all those manuals and stuff for, you know, a printer you bought six years ago. Just get rid of those. You, if you've never opened that manual, you're not you're one. Just throw your printer manuals away. I'm just going to tell you people. <laughs> but this. what happens? You're not Johnny, fixing what a stupid the, printer. You're probably what replacing when the it when it runs out of ink. And I can't Google my printer's PDF. Like also <laughs> your driver disks. You don't need them. Just plug the USB in. The computer will find. Just get rid of this stuff. You're going to go to the website to get the latest drivers. You're not going to use the one that right. came with the thing. Yeah. Unless also, you are sitting on an XP machine right now. Yeah. Like your HP printer, which is trash anyways you don't you don't even like one it's quite questionable how many people really need printers I, you see people get caught up in this but like really like my wife was like well I, I need to print our pictures my life got so much easier when i abandoned the idea that i needed to be able to print pictures and i could just upload them to the costco website and then pick them up the next time we were there not only that but like the phenomenon now that like like i'm not even exaggerating that much when i say this but it's but it's sometimes more economical when your ink runs out to just buy a new printer. Oh, absolutely. But printers come with like starter ink cartridges that are not as full as the one you replace them with. But also don't buy an inkjet printer. Just get like a laser printer. Get a laser printer. is really cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have really cheap. Yeah. Well, I'm comparatively, I have my laser printer, Stefan from my job in 2012. Yeah, oh yeah, they are workhorses, I will say that. And it's still just like, because if I need it, I'm just printing a random page, and I have an extra box, because that job closed down, right, that uh, the boss retired, and he like, he's like, you can take the printer and this extra toner cartridge. I'm still on the original toner. This thing, the the toner cartridge, the extra one sits in the rafter of my garage, and I'm just like, should I throw this away? Am I ever getting to this thing before I die? (laughs) I don't know. I use a... I use knockoff toner from AliExpress and I print like, I don't know, shipping labels and stuff, but Ada prints stuff for work all the time. And it's perfect. Like try buying knockoff inkjet cartridges and everything will just be like a goddamn mess. Even if you like refill real inkjet cartridges, it's just a mess. But my knockoff $10 AliExpress toner things that last me like more than a year. Perfect. I, I tell you how much I hate printers, like the scam that is inkjets, and now they have this thing like where they tell you your ink expired. Your ink does not <laughs> expire. UHP. It does oh, not expire. It's like expire. coffee machines that need to read a barcode off your coffee. Oh. Like, mm, oh, we don't want to ruin this coffee for you, so we're not going to yeah. put hot water in this cup. Oh, god damn. Just... We oh, should talk I about up. old games that you can collect that were ruined by DRM. That's this episode. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, I was going to transition into, like, say something like, hey, guys, would you say that your houses are packed in with hey! stuff? Oh, Whoa. there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the episode. Tyler, why don't you tell the people what we're doing? Uh, I guess we're going to go talk about packing games. 
Uh, not packing. No, we are absolutely not talking about packing games. We were talking about stuff that got packed in with games. Yeah. Uh, so to be clear, not like not Super Mario Brothers that came with your NES. That's not what we're talking about. Although talking my about. NES came with Gyromite and Duck Hunt like an American Johnny. If we were, CWR2 would be thrilled. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. not... That's not this episode, or or your Lion King that came with your Genesis, or your Altered Beast. None of that. We're talking about games that came with ancillary items with them. But we uh, got specifically some early games. I, I wanted to do the history of packing items. A lot of these are so obscure. There's no real way to research this without either pri- previous knowledge or just kind of going through the contents of every game. Um, so we're focusing on. Uh, late 70s through early 90s and just going over some of the more interesting and earlier stuff we can find. Sure. And like also, you know, in, unless unless we do like heavy research episodes, like this is one of those things where we do some research and then like if we can't find stuff within an, a reasonable amount of time, then we kind of have to move on to the next thing. So um, not not a terrible deep dive on some of these items. Yeah. No, I, I, but there, there's a we've got a pretty good list going. We're sure. definitely not. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely lots of examples. But like, for instance, like there's 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 one that'll come up that I was I was researching this toy and like I I couldn't figure out for the life of me whether or not it was unique to uh to the game or if it was just like something that they they grabbed from the manufacturer of said toys and and uh, and stuck on the box. So like that's a question mark that I I'm not going to be able to flesh out today. But uh, but I also wanted to research other stuff for this episode, so I couldn't couldn't go down the hole too too far. Yeah. Um. So that's a good point. Also, we have rules, though. As I was saying before, Tyler, Stefan, let's go over what counts and what doesn't, so people kind of know what our scope is and what we are defining as packins. Um. Firstly, Tyler, tell us what. What is a packing versus what is an accessory? Uh, yeah, so we didn't want to count. We wanted bonus items that come with the game that just put a smile on your face. So not accessories. We're not counting the Odyssey gun because obviously it's an accessory that's needed to play the games it comes with. Family Fun Fitness Pad doesn't count. Arkanoid Controller doesn't count. Uh, there's a ton of things like that, like stack up, like the little discs you need for stack up. None of that stuff is going to be counted as a packing. Um, nor like the big gyromite, you know, big box gyromite with all of the Rob stuff it comes sure. with. We're not counting that. What about strategy guides, gentlemen? Uh, see, like we, I'm going to say no on guides, but I can see where some people would, would include them. Tyler, what, what's, uh, what's your ruling on this? I mean, almost like no on paper. Um, I guess there could be cool paper packings. Maybe we will talk about some. Um, I would rather do a guide episode and have it be focused on guides because there's so many neat ones than yeah, and like the random one-off guides. When we were talking about it, and this was this would be my only caveat. Like when I was when I was thinking about guides as we were talking about this in the pre-show, the only distinction in my head that I really came up with for me was that you know games that came with guides in lieu of instruction manuals take earthbound for instance it only came with the strategy guide there's no additional manual for that game it's just the strategy guide so in 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 that instance i was like okay well does that count do we want to count that as a pack in like um i do think that though that this does that the guides um deserve their own episodes so i think for that reason i'm i'm okay with not including them 
but that was that was just kind of a consideration that I was making. Well, I mean, and there's also like the you know the UK big boxes on Super Nintendo, which came sure. with guides, but they also have regular ones, and they have those ones have manuals. I like Tyler's example of like we're just not including paper, so things like maps don't count, like yeah. or like little hint sheets and stuff that that came packed in with the game. Posters, um, you know, we're also not going to do like the random Capcom. Uh, Mega Man stickers that came in like a few games. I don't think. Oh, that, that, I think that would yeah. be a good one. We should bring you those think that up. one. Okay. I like that. I mean, it's because comics we would consider a pack in. Yes, there sure. are PC okay. games that came with comics and Stick, things like okay. that. Stickers that are, are in. bonus. Yeah, stickers, right. stickers totally are in. in. Like Maps hint are guides out. are weird guides specifically because like you can go to some like older PC games and when you open up a big box, it's nothing but paper. And like maybe one of those sheets will be like tips on how to start playing Ultima. And it's like that's not a pack in. It's just like some documentation. Yeah, I and think some hint stickers like that. Stickers should probably get a get a past, you know, anyway, because I know a couple things, you know, a couple uh, items that we're talking about are, uh, are like, for instance, temporary tattoos, which you could argue are, are paper, obviously, but then uh, I think they're also close enough to stickers that they can okay. count. Sure. All right. So it, it, it's not an exact science, guys. Um, yeah, sure. You know, uh, we, controller overlays don't rules. count. And I think for the most part, posters don't count because no. we're definitely going to miss like whatever the first video game to ever come with a poster is, I'm sure we're going to miss it if we tried to look it up real quick. That that would require most, a lot of research. Most games don't really highlight a poster usually. Like there's the X-Men uh, Genesis variant that like makes a very big deal about it coming with a poster, but most games just like RPGs slide in a poster that's also a map. So Well, uh, all the black box games came with a poster, so 1985 yes, we had to be earlier than like, that. Those are posters, but those are that's more of an advert right it's a poster advert mm. so that's like mm. it i hung that up poster. in my uh my room as a kid so it's a yeah, poster nerd nerd <laughs> but like i love the idea that we're calling people nerds i'm like yeah i hung that up too but and stefan went out and bought an expensive version of of that poster and put it on his wall now and framed it so that's true you know. i did yeah i'm not that old mine was the uh what it's like a it's like gray on the edges and it's like an explosion. It's not like the early mid eighties posters. Anyway, hey, anyways, who cares about, we're not, we're not talking those. about posters, posters. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I think that, that uh, is a distinction to be made is, uh, and it may be obvious already, but uh, anything you have to mail away um, does not, for, you know, it mail away for doesn't count, you know, like the uh, deep space nine action figure or the, the, um, uh, oh God, what is it called? The, the, the glove, Johnny. Help me out. Oh yeah, airball or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Airbuster, Air, Airbuster, Airbuster. Genesis, Airbuster yeah. The the, yeah. the 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 glove that you could mail away. None of that counts. Um, catalog, catalog items don't count, um, even though there are a a, a a copious amount of amazing catalog items, which honestly I think also deserves its own episode. Yeah. Well, um, we're gonna do like a sweet sweet mail away items that yeah. that are collectible. Like those are all episodes we'll get to. And that's like fun, cool stuff to talk about. And like, there's some weird, obscure stuff too. And a lot of those are guides that, you know, are, are awesome mailways, but we'll, we'll get into that later. So and again, I think we're we talking... also decided in or in or on the box too, right? Like as yeah. opposed to like things that are oil, like clamshelled with the box, right? We're not, yeah, we're not in, yeah, the, in the box unless like in the box. And we're going to make an exception for like one on the box. But like, again, it went back to like hint guides, like sort of vermilion and uh, fantasy star two and three had this guide that like went on the back. Those aren't going to count, but we have one exception 
to that. And so it's a weird one. Um, or or as much as Johnny and I both love this uh, clamshell pack, the Illusion of Gaia t-shirt right. does not count. Does not count. That's, we're not counting those. All right. Are we, are we ready to get into the actual games now that we've given all of our caveats? Oh, before, before we do it, anything else, Tyler? What is is there anything else? Are you just doing this as a joke to because I'm gonna put in? Because every time I try to move on to something, (laughs) okay, no, I do not have anything else. I thought there was like news that you were gonna drop, like Ada was pregnant or something. No, (laughs) no, we just got a dog. Are you kidding? That's basically having a kid, Stefan. It's the same thing. Let me tell you, Stefan. Well, yeah, well, you know what? And pregnancies are always expected, right, Johnny? Yep, they are. (laughs) It's always reasonable and reliable. Um. Like, you'll definitely know if your wife can get pregnant, trust me. Like, <laughs> if you can produce children, 100% guarantee you, like, if they tell you you'll never have children, they mean it. That's right. By the way, yeah. I'm a father. The uh, medical field is infallible. They said <sighs> the odds were winning the lottery twice. That's, <laughs> that is the quote that I carry with me. When I look at my son, I'm like, they said you would never have. And he's great, and I... Love him, but the the idea that I ever thought that he would be a reality was nowhere next to me. I was just living my life. My wife and I, a couple of dinks, that's dual income, no kids. Just Buying being like, video games. Yeah, well, I'm going to buy video games. Who gives a shit about my savings too long? Because whatever, I'll be dead and no one needs my stuff anyways. Like this house, uh, whoever... Whichever friend has the coolest kids that that love me best, they're getting all this. Shit. That's what it was going to be. Now I have a child. Now it's like, oh, uh, like Damn before it, was, it was like Brewster's millions. I know you were. You were. <laughs> you were making a good attempt, uh, but you. sadly, no. Now you. But now you got to be like, hey, he likes older women, right? And that's how you're going to get it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into the episode now that we made it weird for people. Uh, we've Marie Kondo'd you. Uh, we've uh, tried to do an arranged marriage. Now it's time to talk about video games. Okay, seriously though, my favorite opening that we've ever done. Oh I'm God. not even like not even joking. <laughs> Things were thrown away for good reasons. Uh, Tyler, this is your episode. This is a Tyler episode. I'll take just, it. I, yeah. I I did do the research for this episode a long time ago because I was I was personally interested in the earliest video game pack and so i started asking around a bunch of uh, groups i'm in asking a bunch of really smart people and no one had a better answer than what my initial impulse was which was uh 1979 atari superman which uh the first few editions of that game came bundled with a wallet Uh, that's pretty sweet actually i would that would be a neat item to own super cool uh like, it's a really cool thing. I thought it would be something super boring. I was looking for, like, a sticker or a pewter figurine in, like, some old PC RPG or something. I just figure, in my brain, like, the history of computer games, I tend to think it goes back further than the history of console games. Because, you know, obviously computers are older than video game consoles. Um, the thing is, boxed video games weren't really a thing until the 80s. And I guess you know, there's not as much things you could do in terms of packaging when you're we're putting floppies in plastic bags, I guess. Yeah, they were like in Ziploc bags, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think uh, like Microsoft Decathlon was either 1979 or 1980. That might be the first boxed PC game ever. And everything before that was like folios and baggies. Uh, so like console games had boxes way before PC games did. It's, it's kind of weird. 
1979 Atari Superman. As far as I know, the earliest video game pack-in ever. I have 10 variants listed of Superman in my spreadsheet. You should uh, go to videogamevariations.com, which is like a, a really big Atari collector, and he'll go over all of them with you. But um, the thing you're looking for is in the bottom right of the box. Like It's like an entire sixth of the box has a big free wallet with an Atari Superman game cartridge. Protect your cash with the Man of Steel uh, thing over in the corner. And so then what's in the box? What? The, the wallet is in the box. That's how it's packed. It in. is shrink wrapped to the back of the box. Okay. Which is a little bit bending our rules, but I mean, it's it's not like they shrink wrapped it after the fact. the The game box itself has this thing printed on it, not printed. Yeah, on and it. it's and it's advertised on the box too. Yeah. So it's not like I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay. Basically, it's in a little plastic box, and it is a Superman wallet. It just says Superman. He's holding his hands out. It says Superman on it, and then it says copyright nineteen seventy six. And you might think, wow, that's weird. 1976, that's three years before the game released. And that's because this wallet is not exclusive to the game, which is one thing that makes it way less interesting. It's just, obviously, they weren't like, wow, we should make a wallet for this game. Superman on Atari 2600, that's so cool. No, they were like, hey, guys, this guy has 50,000 extra wallets sitting around. We should just throw them together with our game so someone buys this stupid-ass Superman game. Uh, so that's a little bit more disappointing that it's not exclusive. And it's not the special edition one. I like. I want people to understand. This is like a big yellow thing because there's also a version of this game that says special edition. Like in that same area, it's not the special edition. It does advertise the wallet specifically. Mm, Johnny, it's the special edition. It is. I'm. I'm looking at. No, a there's this. Right <laughs> no, they. <laughs> so there is one that is just the special edition that has no wallet advertisement. That's what I'm telling you. There's one that says Atari and it says in like silver lettering, uh, special edition, but it's not the wallet variant. That is true. So the every special edition is not the wallet variant, but every wallet variant is the special edition. There you go. And yeah, do you yeah, know yeah. what's special about the special edition, Johnny? No, tell me more. I have no idea. <laughs> it, oh. it literally just says special edition. I'm almost positive it means nothing. Okay, um, and then just so if you know, if you're looking for one of these wallets on eBay, uh, gonna be a tough find. There's one like water sealed and graded for like 10k if you're interested in that, but I don't even think that's packed with the wallet. So oh yeah, maybe yeah don't yeah, do no. that. Um, I've had a save search for this wallet two years maybe. It comes. Oh wow, I'm already gonna lose this one. Um, I was gonna mention one I'm bidding on on the show, but it's currently going for 113 dollars. Uh, my high bid was 76. Uh, why why no. don't you just pay more money? Because I don't care that much. Look, it's not exclusive to the game. Like, but it it's but cool. It's, cool. it's it's cool. But I need to focus on my goals. Like this, it's I, not I, like it's two years and this is the first one that's come up. It comes up sometimes, but uh, I'm sure it because Superman f first superhero video game maybe first DC Comics yeah. game probably. Tyler, I feel like you need to have like a micro episode at some point where it's just you talking about like clearly identifying what your actual goals are. Oh. Because I feel like nobody actually knows. Um, I'm not even sure you know. Well, I did just you buy bring it about up all 150 the time. Spectrum games just kind of on a whim. Yeah, you do that bring it up all the time. That did not make you, me my you often at least once an at least once an episode when we're talking about you buying things, <laughs> you mention that, you know, such, this does such not and such. further my goals. The thing exactly. Is, uh, but then but that's all we get out of you. <laughs> All right, we, we, so we can have a goals that... episode. We'll talk about our goals, and then uh, 
everyone can hopefully copy our goals and make our goals unobtainable. Yes, uh-huh. please don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> Johnny, tell us all the, the the rarest Game Boy Advance games that you don't have. I mean, my goals are my goals yeah. are actually no, I, pretty happily. Happily tell you anyone who wants to if anyone wants to talk to me about GBA games, please hit me up. I'll talk. All to I'm you. saying is that I don't believe Tyler has goals. I don't believe oh. that this is a thing that he's actually no. Set I, forth. I he he does. That's the sad thing. It's just he's got so many goals. Yeah, that's that's kind of the problem. I have a lot of goals. I, my go, my if I could sum up my goal in in one goal, it would be own all the video games, Stefan. Well, good, perfect. <laughs> a, a goal that Collector's Quest really gets behind and, and See, says you so should. So I don't understand how then the Superman game is not uh, furthering your goal. Well, it's, I want it's... I want the super I want Superman. I've got a copy of Superman. I would like the wallet to go with it. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, like going to this. So to buy this, whoever wins this, since it's at one hundred thirteen dollars, there's already two crazy people who want it. There's like twenty watchers, so there's more crazy people who want it. So this wallet. It's going to go, like, for what, $200, $500, who knows? Something, like, insane. If I bid against that to win it, I'm going to, if I'm the craziest person, then I You're am- You're going to inflate the price. I'm going to pay hundreds of dollars for that, and then if this wallet goes for that, then the prices of the game that actually have the sticker that say free wallet on it are going to go up in price. And just, like, the act of me going towards this thing is going to inflate the price and it's not going to be something I want anymore. So, and, and this is, this is something I, I talk about that I do. You guys know that like when the bidding gets a little crazy, I'm not like, don't, ag- you don't have to, it's not a competition in the sense that you have to win. Right. Like sometimes you do more damage to yourself by like, as something is one off, you're never going to find it again. But if it's just like every six months, like you have to resist that need this now impulse because if you just wait, like if you, I mean, depending what the market is doing, obviously things are crazy right now, but most of the time, if you just feed into that fire, then you just inflate that game a bunch. And then like, whenever the hype dies down and then you realize you've paid too much and you don't want to get caught in, in over inflating that price, like GameCube, GameCube games during the summer. Now look at them. They're starting to come back down. Like hopefully you weren't in the middle of that swell. Yeah, I mean, th- it's more of a problem for stuff that is not one of a kind, because one of a kind right. stuff just doesn't come up enough. And th- at, like the rare stuff that you'll see like once a year. So if you're the guy who blows something up to $1,000, when if you didn't bid, it would have went for $150. Well, guess what? The next one, you're probably going to be paying $2,000 for it or something. True. It, assuming we're still in like the crazy bull market of games that is going on. So really, all you have to do is win. Just win at any cost. And uh, then it's not so a the the thing to do is to win at any cost, guys. Because if you lose, right. it's going to be more expensive the next time around. Right. So, but if you win, then then you know, yeah, then you don't have right. to pay the crazy price. Then someone else does. This so. has three days left on it. If I edit this really fast, everyone can go right now and bid two thousand dollars on a right. Superman wallet. Wait a minute. Oh, it wait says Super it Friend on it. Are you serious? Oh, okay, wait, the wallet doesn't say Superman on it. The case of the wallet says Super Friend on it, and it's Superman breaking a chain on the wallet. Honestly, the wallet's badass. It's Superman breaking a chain. It's pretty good. What was I going to say? Uh, you were going to move on to your next game. Yeah, Sue, we got we to move off this <laughs> Superman thing. I was going to, was I going to try to give a price on this? I don't know. Is it the yeah, first well, DC Comics game, guys? Let's say it's the first DC Comics game. Let's let's give Superman some, some love here. Okay. Johnny, I'm just going to go on to the second game because this this was my other first instinct. Games that came with pack-ins are the Infocom 
adventure games from the early 80s. So if you are at all a fan of adventure games, the early Infocom games are really well known. One, because they just put out a ton of high quality interactive fiction. And two, because they packed in what they called feelies. And we've talked about these on the show before. They are almost always like the cheapest, most nothing things one of them in one of the games, I think it was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, is literally an empty plastic bag, yeah, but with like a happen. funny label on it that's like bag of air or something. But they they were well known for including this stuff. It was almost like an anti-piracy measure, and they did have actual anti-piracy measures, yeah, too. Yeah, some of it was actually. Yeah, but it was also like, hey, if you didn't just copy this disc, you're going to get all this cool stuff with it. So my my first instinct besides Superman was like, oh, Infocom must have done something that was, that predated Superman, right? Uh, but no, they didn't. It was 1982 was the first Infocom game that came packaged with feelies. And as far as I can tell, the first uh, computer game that had pack-ins. So that like 1979 was the only thing before this that I could find. Please tell me more. I am so interested to learn more about super early pack-ins. But Deadline, it's a game that comes in a cardboard folio. It's supposed to look like a case file. It's actually really cool. And inside of it, there's like all these documents. It's it's what I imagine when you buy like Hunt a Killer, like that that subscription uh, kind of metagame thing, mystery thing. It's like that. And one of the things it comes with is like a bag of pills. And that's like some kind of evidence that you'll have to look at at some point in the game, I'm sure. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't some of the stuff, because they're, they're text adventures, the Infocom games, right? So isn't some of that stuff actually required to play the game as well? I would imagine, I haven't played Deadline, but I'd imagine for this game, like, you have to look at some of the reference material. And that's yeah, probably yeah, just, yeah. like, the DRM aspect of it. Sure. But that's cool. That's on uh, Apple II's the original version, and then that's also on, like, Commodore and Atari computers. And because uh, you want all the stuff, these are, for at least Commodore and Atari versions, they come up new old stock often enough. So, I don't know, go get that and play it on your Atari computer. Sure. Sure. Do it. <laughs> Deadline. Deadline. But, I mean, you did bring up uh, the game I like better, uh, and we'll talk about that after in Hitchhiker's Guide, because that's got some neat, weird stuff that might be the first of their kinds as pack-ins in there. Like, So, maybe we'll talk about that. But uh, I'm going to take this one, unless you want it, Stefan. You, uh... No, I imagine we're all we're going to jump around a little bit, right? Because yeah. like, we do have 22 games on this list. Yeah. I can't imagine that we're going to get through all of them. Um. All right, so, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this. So, He-Man, for the Intellivision, uh, also later came out on the Atari. It's, you know, ranges between $50 and $75. Uh, um, there are, it came with a mini-comic, and it was the, what is it, the King of Castle Grayskull, I believe. And it, you know, it's like a little, let's say like, four by four square comic. So it's not like a full size comic. Um, later in television releases didn't have this or it's very rare or a foreign release only. Uh, the Intellivision games are repackaged as Mattel games. They have white labels. So Intellivision uh, incorporated yeah. games are repackaged Mattel games. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And they have white labels and uh, black and white manuals and they remove the references to Mattel. And, uh, so these Intellivision ink games are like shitty re-releases, kind of like the Majesco of Intellivision. And then yeah, also they have the they controller have, button. Uh, yeah, things, they're right? overlays. They removed the Mattel 
uh, name from the overlays in these re-releases. So if you just like bought loose overlays and put them together with your Intellivision games, guess what? All your Intellivision games are wrong. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, Mismatch parts. Variants on top of variants. Imps. Top of variants. <laughs> imps, you got imps. Be careful. So. Also, this comic is not that rare. So the difference, one, the Atari games have mostly been bought up. You can still find the Intellivision ones. Uh, be careful with the prices. It looks like someone, looks like they kind of had a little buyout of the Atari ones. The comic, though, if you have like the box or if you find one without the comic, the comic is pretty ubiquitous. So you can go find it. Just put in Master of the Universe, King of Grayskull or He-Man, King of Grayskull comic or mini comic. and should come up and... That single piece should only run you like 15 to $20. And we think that this is the first instance of the mini comic. Hmm, maybe. So maybe, I mean, we're, we're not, we're not sure because like on PC there could be whatever, but I think in console games, this is the first. Uh, I would just like yeah. to uh, recommend everybody on our show, go out and buy that mini comic and send it to CGC. And we can ensure that none of these in television games are ever complete again. Because uh, I don't do have it. this and I don't care about it, so I'll think it's funny if people start doing that. should definitely get these graded. Uh, this is interesting. N- not that we're doing a whole lot of uh, of foreign stuff on this list, but I was just looking at that mini-comic, and there is a localized version in French. Yep, there sure is. Huh. Huh. You can get a French copy. Yeah. You could get it in Log- French. Logo's different than everything. French. Yep. Kind of got a cooler color tone to it, too. Yeah, I like it. Like so, uh, Tyler, how many Infocom games are there? Do you know? Like, and do they all just come with, are they just like littered with these weird feelies they put in there? Yeah. All of them have these weird feelies. I don't know. A few dozen. There's like a lot. There's so <laughs> unsurprisingly, there's a website that goes over them really well from someone who's only interested in Infocom. I'm going to have to go look at that. Uh, just cause We're I want to see tell you what that is. <laughs> yeah. Infocom dash IF dot org. Uh, yeah, there's like, what, maybe 30 of them. So another Infocom game, as Tower was mentioning, was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And that one, it, it didn't just come with the, uh, he said bag of air, and that, that's not accurate. It's uh, a microscopic space fleet that's just in a bag of air. It's a bag of air in the sense that there's nothing in it. But it also comes with other stuff. It comes with a button that says don't panic. Um, there's some glasses. And I don't know if all the versions of the game came with all of these like little feelies or not. But there's uh, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff. There's like the paperwork for the Vogon Constrictor fleet, which uh, is coming to build a bypass through Earth. Uh, some of that stuff is in there. So, uh, if, you know, through Arthur Dent's house. If you don't know Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy... Um, this means this is the initial it. premise, and and the Earth is blown up. Anyways, uh, it's a cool box set if you like. If you like Hitchhiker's Guide, this has some neat stuff in there, and I believe there's a little like uh, towel in there too, like a little cloth, because you should travel with your towel. I was gonna ask if there was a towel in there. There's, a, I, I've seen a version that has like a little black cloth in there. I'm assuming that's the towel, but I haven't seen like it fully pictured out. Now that Towers mentioned this website, I want to go look at it and see because I, I think like said the wrong website. It's guetech.org is the good one I'm thinking of. I, I gave out some shitty one, um, and I mean all the offense to the owner of that other Infocom website because he doesn't include the pictures of the feelies, which are pretty much the only thing I need the website for. Yeah, so anyways, is this it, is uh, like... Brought to you by Comic Link? <laughs> Sorry. The glasses in there are just like cardboard black, 
black. They're not like real glasses, dude. Just little. Yeah. Nerd. Anyways, like it's it's, um, it's funny how shitty it is. Is yeah, it no, is. it's like totally garbagey, but it's like might be the first instance of a button being packed in with the game. I don't know. I have haven't looked through all the Infocom stuff, so but it's definitely the first instance of a microscopic fleet being packaged with the game. So make sure you go <laughs> out fair. and get that first and last. All right, uh, Stefan, do you want to talk about this next one, or, wait, wait, do, or do you? Are we? Are we? Is the is the pack in there? The so we're we're talking about 1985. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Um, are we talking about the um, the almanac? Yes, Cause, we are. Because then, does that count? Yeah, well, that counts. It's rules? not a guide. It's it's a it's a book that uh, it's not like really a guide, right? I mean. This is the one where it's like I'm just saying that it's paper. Rules? Okay. Yeah. All right. We might be breaking. So yeah. 1985. Our own rules. War in the World's Crime mm-hmm. in San Diego. Um. Uh. On the the Apple II as well as uh other computers later, but then also um the NES and Genesis versions and Super also Nintendo come, and Super Nintendo come with these gigantic almanacs. Um. And uh, I'm maybe you guys can can fill me in here because I'm not intimately familiar with the Apple II version, but I know for for the console versions, they're just like retail almanacs. They're just yeah, just nothing to them. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's the almanac, and then for the computer versions, it's actually used as DRM, which I think I might be bra- breaking the rules even more by saying it has no use in the game, but it'll tell you to like look something up in the almanac. Oh, interesting. But, Still cool. It's cool that they included it with the console games, even though it, it functionally, I don't think, had a purpose in the console games. Yeah, and the console games, there wasn't a lot of big boxes, especially on, you know, NES. So it was like Gyromite, Stack Up, and then and then this. And that's like pretty much it. And like, I guess, Arkanoid. Um, so yeah, it's like a, a weird box variant type that Nintendo really didn't ever play with that size again. Yeah, but the the like I said, the important part here is if it, yours doesn't have that almanac, you could just match yes, the can. almanac and uh, and and buy one for probably very little. I am guessing. Yeah, those almanacs turn out not to be very expensive. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Tyler's favorite is up next. Let's let's hear about it, Tyler. <laughs> the Konami collector cards that come with Famicom games from Konami in like nineteen eighty seven. Uh, we don't need to we, talk we, about these. Uh, they keep no. coming up on the show as like this kind of early cool pack in. I don't know what it come with. Did Super C have a Contra had one? Simon's Quest. Contra, Simon's Quest. There's a pool game. Like there's literally like 20 games that had these. Um, Reminds me of when I was like talking about Earth. For a while I was talking about Earthbound in every single episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These con- Definitely don't collector's need to talk cards about are it. haunting us. Anyways, uh, let's move in. Uh, is this going to be the most well-known pack in? No. Uh, number or letter F. I almost said number F. It's late. So I think this is probably the most well-known, but Rad Racer, the 3D glasses for Rad Racer. That came out in October of 1987. You're like, wow. You know, it's like uh, one of the silver boxes and in other countries it was a black box game. So like, this has got to be, this has got to be like the, like the first pack in on this, right? No, no, actually, uh, 3D World Runner came out a month before this game in September and uh, also had 3D glasses, at least here in the States. Suck on that, Rad Racer. Uh, I see here in the States, we'll say North America will be a little more encompassing. So, yeah, we, we don't need to tell you too much about the glasses. They're like black, blue, and red. And I, you know, like, Tyler, like, are you going to fight me on these? Is this an accessory or are these? Because you, you tech. <laughs> 
technically can use them to play the game, but it's not required to play the game. Uh, I'm gonna so, I'm gonna call them an accessory because you don't need Rob to play Gyromite. You could just plug two controllers in your NES. Okay. All right, also, so uh, but one thing I do want to mention is that they're not like I think when when people think about like the shitty red blue 3D glasses, they're thinking of like the white paper 3D glasses. Yeah, no, those, these are like these, hard black. Yeah, these are are they are they plastic? Some sort of no, some sort it's of like composite card, plastic. It, it's like it's almost like craft paper. Yeah, but they are black and they do have a very specific shape to them. Um, I think they're interchangeable between the two releases, right? That both use the same glasses. Um, um, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the 3D World Runner glasses look like. I know Tyler can tell us more about the special ones over in uh, other territories that were not packed in. So I don't actually know what happened with these, but the uh, there are standalone on like a a card with like a, a bubble thing on it. How do you call it? I don't know how you call it packaging. Anyway, they're just standalone 3D glasses meant for. 3D World Runner for the Famicom that are like not good, but they're like plastic frame, like real glasses that are standalone package. You could like still find them new old stock, probably cheaper than you could find a legit pair of regular NES 3D World Gunner glasses or World Runner glasses. That's just a weird, cool thing, but it's not a pack in, so it doesn't count. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure if they're the white ones or if I mean they're still the and they're the red blue uh, 3D. I'm looking at an advertisement in Nintendo Fun Club actually right now that has their yellow frames and they they're talking about 3D World Runner and Rad Racer in the same breath. Yeah. Uh so is there a variant so the packaging for them has 3D World Runner graphics on them. Uh, but would the same guy make both games? I'm not sure. No idea. I don't remember. It's a SquareSoft guy, isn't it? Let's Yo, find yeah. out. Whoa, okay, so I went to this guy's Wikipedia page. This is, we're going to do live research on Collector's Quest. Woo! Hooray! I'm looking at Nasir Gabelli, who is an Iranian-American programmer and video game designer. While at Square, he programmed the game, which is 3D World Runner and has a Japanese name. And then he made Rad Racer, and then he made Rad Racer 2. Look at that. I did not know 3D World Runner and Rad Racer were related, but they're made by the same dude. That's why they're both 3D. So what we care about is the glasses, Tyler. What, what, what was I supposed to look something up? I was just saying, I was just getting excited because I learned something, Johnny. What, what I just wanted to know if it was the same glasses in the Rad Racer case as the 3D World Runner. I have no for Famicom. I have no idea. That's that's too much no, research for, for, for me for to English, do. For the oh, North I don't know. American. I I I don't know NES packing stuff enough. I just when when it comes to that, I it would come down to if I wanted it, I would find someone who knew more than me because I know NES stuff is so thoroughly researched. But yeah, yeah there's a lot I, of people who put in like fake and yeah, reproduction that, 3D that's glasses. The problem, with these like I, I see so many different types of glasses, I'm not sure which are in there. So sorry, we have bad info for you here. Maybe hopefully we'll have an editor's note. I'll, I'll look <laughs> okay, better. I guess I'll figure it out. But yeah, the Rad Racer no. ones are in like black frames that are yeah, kind of like we, thick paper. I don't know what the yeah, world we, we, we talked are. about that. Yes, yeah. we don't know the world. Like we're bad at this. All right, so let me make sure we have our information straight. So Rad Racer comes with black cardboard 3D glasses. They are red-blue 3D. They've got kind of large frames. They're a little bit angled. They're very distinctive. They're very common. You probably already have them. 3D World Runner comes with plain white 3D glasses that are also red-blue 3D. 
they're similar to the Rad Racer glasses, but are not quite the same. I would say they're also pretty large lenses, uh, but they're plain white. It's hard to describe them for you. What I do see is a lot of 3D World Runners for sale. A couple 3D World Runners for sale. I, I don't have a huge sample size here. They come with plain white 3D glasses that look similar, but they're like uh, they're more rectangular because those are like the common white 3D glasses you would find. So definitely be careful when you're buying your copy of 3D World Runner. Also, I'm gonna give you a bonus just because we might as well be complete. Orb 3D comes with Pulfric Effect 3D glasses, which means that one frame looks kind of dark and one frame looks clear, but those 3D glasses, they're branded with Orb 3D on them, so you can't really mess that up. Okay, uh, well, let's move on. We, we've spent too much time. I don't even know what this one is, Tyler, so you you talk us through this one. Um. Oh, there's nothing to talk about. 1989, there was Chojin Ultra Yaku Baseball Limited Edition, which came with a phone card. The more I look into weird stuff from the 80s and 90s, Japanese people have more interest in phone cards, particularly collectible phone cards, than Americans ever did. We were just calling 1010-321 or 1-800-COLLECT, I guess. It's literally just a Famicom baseball game, and there's a rare version that comes with a phone card. I don't know why you'd want it. It's not particularly important. Basically everything, once you hit like the mid eighties, like there's so much stuff with like these random packings. This is just one that I wanted to throw in cause it's weird. Okay. Uh, and again, we're like sweeping through these years. Uh, mind you, there's a lot of PC stuff out there that you're going to see. Uh, we're just kind of trying to give you a variety of the stuff that's we're starting to see packed in during these times. So this is not yeah. everything. Um, Here's here's one I like a lot that has like not very much information on it. It's not it's not on the box, and it, it's a weird one. So if you are familiar with the game Impossible uh, for the Turbo Graphics 16, we don't get to talk Turbo enough on this show. So I'm glad we get to include it here. But it came with some stickers in there, and if you don't know, which I did not, uh, but this is part Impossible is part of a, a long running series. Of games, it's the sixth game in, in the Monty Mole series. The, it was ported to the Turbo Graphics 16 last in 1991. It came out like on the Amiga and PC and stuff before that uh, in 1990. So weird that like in the latest version, they're just like also give these guys some stickers and don't advertise it or anything. Just throw it in there. And I'm like, okay, cool, Impossible stickers, and they're they're neat little stickers, but they don't show up that often. So. If you're looking for them, you know, look hard. You, you probably could find them in CIC copies, but most likely, I think, to be found with uh, really nice copies in the box, and you're probably going to pay a premium for that. Well, it says Turbo Graphics on it, so you're going to play a, pay a premium for it anyway. Well, the Turbo hype has kind of been lower lately, but I, I haven't looked into the pricing if that's started to bubble up. Once, I mean... We said it, I think, a couple months ago, maybe six months ago. But once Wada really starts grading turbo stuff, like I, I think you'll see uh, a boom for that. I'm just like, if you are still out looking at some turbo games and you're like, well, eh, kind of on the fence, but you think you're just going to buy it eventually, it might be nearish the time where you just want to like tie up any loose turbo ends you're thinking about. And uh, if you're looking for a CIC Turbo Graphics set, my friend is selling one. Uh, if you uh, just give him a PM, his name is Archon 1981 or Art That's of right. NP. I, uh, 
I, I heard about that guy selling that uh, set. Yeah. Uh, that's actually a set uh, missing uh, Magical Chase because he sold it to a friend of his. Mm. I don't but, know uh, who that is. Yeah. So, uh, probably sold to a gentleman and a scholar, though. Uh, a han- handsome, a handsome gentleman and scholar. Oh, wow. Who that absolutely cannot have either. children. Um, <laughs> hey, can I, since we're talking about Turbo, and you, you're right, we don't get to talk about Turbo. I know it's breaking our rules a little bit because these are paper, but they are neat, and I did want to talk about them. Um, sure. From uh, the Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective for the TurboGrafx CD. Yeah. Uh, does have does have a set of uh, essentially newspapers, little tiny newspapers that are really fun and cool looking. Though they're they're that, super uh, cool. They are super super cool, and I just wanted to. Hey, I wanted to note that because uh, very very often you, especially if you're buying CIC, because they are bigger than the jewel case. Um, they because they compact slipped into the actual uh, outer box. So uh, if you're buying it, uh, kit, uh, what it, CIC is what uh, complete in case. Yep. Um, then uh, then likely these these letters will be missing, but they are very cool um, little tiny uh, versions of newspapers that I really like. So since Johnny inspired me to mention them because we don't get to talk about Turbo very much on this show. No, and, really and like, like and this one's like close because it's not a guide or anything, but it is a cool little like it's a newspaper, right? It, yeah, and you do, uh, you are it, it, as Tyler mentioned before, they they are kind of like DRM. You do have to cons- you are supposed to consult them uh, throughout the game for clues. So yeah, I um, mean th- this is in vain of you know uh, Carmen San Diego a little bit like it. It's close. I I don't know. I would call it a pack in myself because yeah. this is no almanacs are boring. I think fake newspapers, fake news, like top ten things that we are missing from eighties and nineties video game. Probably just nineties video games. Like now, I buy a game. It doesn't even come with a manual. Uh, like all the old Lucas Arts game, they had the the Adventurer, which was a fake newspaper about. I, I've honestly never read one. I just think it looks cool. Um, we need more fake newspapers and games, guys. And when you buy uh, and, a copy of Secret of Monkey Island, make sure it has that fake newspaper, The Adventurer, in it. You mean your limited run games copy? I know everyone oh wants God. me to stop talking about limited run games. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, by the way, uh, not terribly expensive on the TurboGrafx uh, CD. Uh, they actually just had one sell on the 20th um, with one bid for uh, $57.99, and that came... Uh, CIB with the box and the awesome newspapers and all of the inserts and including the styrofoam. So it was a very, very CIB copy uh, for like under 60 bucks. So there you go. That styrofoam is a pain to get if you don't like, I need, I need whoever's making fake styrofoam to hit me up. I need like three. (laughs) All styrofoam is real Johnny and it's going to stay in the environment forever. Great. (laughs) All right. Moving on. So that was my bonus one, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, that's great. That's a good include. Yeah. All right. Tyler, well, this is this is this big old thing you wanted to you went down this rabbit hole. Let's This let's, is a rabbit hole, Jesus. Yeah, uh, let's get into uh how crazy Sega Master System can be. Uh, it, it's Sega Master System itself is a rabbit hole. So this was a crossover. I was looking for the first limited edition and one that is a, a strong contender. Uh, depending on your definition of what a limited edition is, is the Sega Master System Donald Duck Lucky Dime Caper Limited Edition, which I think might be the first limited edition. It is an 
awesome Sega Master System box set. We've brought it up on the show because as I'm saying this and getting excited about it, I can remember myself getting excited about this in the past. Um, I wrote three to four hundred. No, okay, this was three to four hundred dollars like ten years ago before. 2012 went crazy let alone anything now i have no idea what this costs now i could not find one for sale but it comes in a big black box and it comes with like a disney cassette that has like uh i don't know tunes on it and a t-shirt and uh johnny who has one of these um you should you should buy one everyone should buy one it only came out in the uk yeah, that's the problem with the Master System stuff. A lot of it didn't come out here, uh, you know, or is buried down like Tech Toys stuff. Uh, it's pretty obscure, and it, our pal friends are going to be the the biggest recipient of, of a whole host. If you go to, uh, what is it, SMS Power or Sega 8-Bit, that's got uh, a really good archive where you can see lots of cool special editions. Uh, you know, they've got their stuff dialed there, and you can... You can see all this cool stuff we didn't get or follow Sega Collect on, on Instagram. He shows off a lot of good stuff, so you can check out his feed for that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, you want to go any deeper on that? Move Not really. The, like Lucky Dime Keeper didn't come out in America, right? So that's a cool game to just pick up anyway. What I can't I don't even know what to compare it to in terms of rarity. It's almost like the Uncharted 2 Fortune Hunter edition where it's just like it never comes up and I never see anyone who has one. Yeah, sort of like that copy of that uh, copy of Loom that you talked me out of, and that now I really regret never buying. What What are you talking about? <laughs> there was there's an ultra like limited edition cassette version of Loom that I was really into, what, and I really what like was it. Was limited uh, about that cassette? It was, it was, what were they saying about it? Was it was hand signed and numbered by the by uh, the the um, programmer. And it was like a, it, there was like 20 copies or whatever. That sounds and like it, nonsense. I don't know. And yeah. Ty, Tyler absolutely forbid me to buy it. And oh now God. I really, really, There was really, something, really there was a reason I told you not to buy it. Like it, just you're get a, a copy of, of Loom. That's, for that's why. Well, that is the reason. Whoa. What happened here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. A, I, I complained to Johnny about things I decided not to buy all the time too. Yeah, this is this is the the number two in line of things that I regret not buying that you two talked me out of. What's the first one? Uh, Never mind, we stupid. don't care. <laughs> <laughs> when did Loom come out? Uh, Loom was probably a little after this. I was gonna say, what's the first cassette pack in with a game like music cassette? Because Lucky Dime oh, Caper know. is the the first one we've come up with. But Loom well, that came was with this wasn't the too. that wasn't the this wasn't the. I mean, I guess it's kind of the soundtrack, but it's but it's like all the talkie parts of because like Loom originally didn't come as a talkie. Um, it was uh, the the actual like it was an audio drama essentially that came with it um that uh that came on cassette because it wasn't um the the actual like integrated voice acting came later on the cd version um so like the the floppy versions didn't didn't come with um integrated um audio so or integrated dialogue so that's the it's a it's a radio drama essentially of the game that's all what that. are you talking about are you that's what's actually on the cassette the loom cassette yeah all right, first of all, that Loom cassette is still on eBay. Whatever it is, the presentation edition of Loom. Yeah, that um, one. It's copy 25. It's uh, $1,500. Don't yeah, buy it. Yeah, wasn't, it wasn't at the time that you and I were talking about it, you uh -huh. son of a bitch. Mm. Don't buy it. For sure. Okay. 
Matt. Uh, what's uh, I'm going to move us on to Capcom stickers. Uh, <laughs> roughly, these came out in 1988. Uh, it's got you know, it's got Mega Man on it, so that's a thing. Uh, are there variants of this tower? I can't remember. Yeah, there's one of uh, Mega Man with a drill, and one of him uh, on the rocket sled. Yeah. Okay. So, and these didn't just come in Mega Man Two. I think these were like all over Capcom games around the time. But if you f- want one in one of those games, you're gonna you're gonna pay a premium. So just be careful. Be careful with the sticker. Sometimes you can find them loose. Uh, sometimes they go for twenty five dollars. Sometimes they go for a hundred dollars. That's and you know I will just tell you. Good luck searching Mega Man and sticker on eBay. Oh, your best <laughs> bet is gonna just be trolling all the Capcom games complete, complete box game. until yeah. you find one and just buying any yes. of them. I think. Like, also go through your... Ca- if you have a bunch of Capcom games boxed, that little sticker can slide down behind the foam. So... Yeah. Or, like, sometimes be stuck behind the cartridge. Like, it'll just slide in there. So, if you don't know, like, dig through your game. See if you got one. The uh, the Little Nemo box advertises the sticker on it. Which is funny, because Little Nemo is not a Mega Man game. Um, and no, then... Not at all. All the other Capcom games, like, a lot of those games were produced for a while, and... Like we always say, multiple production runs, so not every run came with a sticker. So, uh, not every did every Mega Man two come with a sticker. I doubt every Mega Man two came with a sticker. But also it's games like the most like popular a, Mega Man. It was in yeah. print for so long. Um, Ghosts and Goblins came with it at some point. Chip and Dale came with it at some point. There's a bunch of other uh, Capcom games, just like random copies had this sticker in it. Um, so I, mean, I would say none of your games are complete unless you have the stickers. So if you have all the Capcom games, you better go well, buy twenty of these stickers. And well, make think sure about the nature. No, think about the nature of the sticker too, because the rocket sled isn't in the first game, so it's going to be in Capcom games that came out after <laughs> Mega Man Two. I'm sure so, all of these came out after Mega Man Two. No, like not like Gunsmoke and things like that. I think those were before Mega Man Two. No, I know, but like, the, they like wouldn't the have put the print. sticker in Gunsmoke before Mega Man Two came out. It's not like the stop it, Johnny. I know you're just trying to. <laughs> you i'm always just trying to be oh my god it's so much better than being you i promose Uh, wow that's that that was ruder than i intended that is that that was that was mean (laughs) no i was was just trying to be i was just trying to be quippy and then that came out mean i apologize mean all right yeah (laughs) um all right speaking of mean let's talk about this poor fucking box uh i didn't need the f word there uh stefan Tell me what, what this abomination is and why it's... It is, it is a poor f***ing box. Uh, so, 1992, uh, Trolls on Treasure Island for the NES, kind of, in that it's a uh, it's a non-licensed game. It comes with a troll, and this was what I was alluding to earlier, me uh, trying to do enough research to figure out whether or not this thing is actually exclusive to this game or not. I can't figure it out. It looks similar enough to like trolls that were in production at the time that it could be, but like it's got some weird things to it, like like hand painted eyes instead of like inlaid like plastic eyes that they tended to do for trolls. So I'm not a hundred percent sure the origin of the of the troll toy that comes with this uh, NES game. But the crazy thing is is that they instead of putting it in the box they zip tie it through the box so they like it looks like they actually did punch holes like with a hole punch in this box uh but the Not, no tro- it doesn't look like a hole punch because the holes aren't nice it looks like someone just stabbed it with a pencil you think so 
I don't know. That does not. They don't look like professional hole punches to me. So, so this thing, it, it's, it's. I've, I've looked at enough sealed copies. The game is like sealed, and then, but the troll is like, it's not under the shrink wrap. It's over, like punched through the shrink wrap. Uh, but but zip tied by the neck. Um, it's horrifying. Through the, yeah, through the front of this box. Um, I have seen a couple variants of hair color, so I'm not sure how many variants of hair color there are on this thing. Um, I'm sure this like they just pull them out of a bin of like Chinese troll toys, and we're like, here you go. Yeah. Like they, I mean, also because it's like a non-licensed game, like production values were so much worse. So so yeah, you can get a uh, a troll toy zip tied through the box of uh, of trolls on Treasure Island. For I really for want one now. I did not know about this until this episode. I did not know because I don't care about unlicensed games for the most part, as you guys know. Uh, but now that I've seen this like horror show, I I want it a lot. Well, you can't have one because water grades them, so they're going to be way too expensive. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I'm not willing to spend. So, and because because uh, there was a a physical object zip tied through the box, this game is completely impossible to find complete in box, right, guys? Yeah, uh, sure. I think no. there's six complete in box copies on eBay, maybe five. Like they're not in great shape, but like the boxes, they all have like clean holes. Uh, like it's not like someone ripped the box apart to get the zip tie out. Like every single one of them. So there must have been an easy way to get this troll off, um, because I would have yeah. thought this box would be rarer than it is, considering how horrifying the packaging is. Well, I would also think that you would find CIB boxes with the troll still on there. No, I imagine once that I'm thing not. came off, like. People like it looks, but it looks like yeah, it just looks like you can get the shrink wrap off easily without getting that troll off. Is all I'm saying. I bet uh, if you were buying unlicensed kid, uh, unlicensed NES games, you had an underprivileged childhood, so you would take whatever toy you could get, Stefan. Oh, even a random loose naked troll doll. It does look like they just shoved that thing through the box. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you, those aren't clean holes. It's like it was just like whoever's job it was to put those in like was taking out their aggression on it Ugh. yeah guys look it up i don't like it. Uh, it, i don't like it's it. it is super ugly i would like to own one but see i want to own one with the troll still attached which is oh, yeah, probably definitely. very unlikely it's only like um, 50 bucks if you just want like a crappy condition complete yeah box. no and that's not what i'm looking for i, I want one where that troll is still attached but that's not happening yeah i'm not so, even seeing any johnny like, is there a a better toy that came out in 1992 for Nintendo? Yeah, there sure is. Uh, you know, you might think, <laughs> that is that a monster? You didn't know that. Yeah. Is this a monster in my pocket or am I just happy to see you? No, it's a monster in my pocket is the name of the game. It's from Konami, so that means uh, on the Nintendo it's uh, overpriced. But it comes with a monster in my pocket. So... Uh, which is a little rubber toy, looks like muscles, uh, the muscle figures of, of the same era. These things were so cool. I did not know about them as toys, really, and I, did, I didn't know that it came in the box until, I think, uh, two or three Halloweens ago when it was revealed to me when I held off my magic sword. Show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
I am super stoked on these now. There's four color variants. There's a pink one, a green one, and orange and blue. And I'm going to mispronounce the name, but it's like a Blemye or something. Uh, it's like a mythical creature. It's like mostly head, no neck, and then arms and, and some legs. Uh, but it is a creature of yore. Uh, so, uh, like, you can look them up in an almanac, maybe, and, and find it. No, probably not an almanac, but an encyclopedia. If you or have the Wikimedia. almanac from, yeah. from Google San Diego. Google Blemley and uh, you'll see a Blemley and see what I'm talking about. They're a weird-looking creature. Uh, the cool thing is, like, it, it is like, the box is just a normal nest box. They didn't change the box to fit it in. But what they did is they took the styrofoam. And they gave you a very distinct short piece of styrofoam, so like a three-quarter or maybe two-thirds size styrofoam. Put that on top and put the monster in my pocket on the top of the box and closed it. So the foam wasn't on the bottom. So that, that's kind of neat. It's just like a different arrangement when you're getting a Nintendo game. Here's the sad news. If you want one of these, you're going to spend, with with the figure, you're going to spend like 300 to nine hundred dollars on them and they like they go for like these crazy price swings i don't know which colors are more rare or more i think i see green more often but that could just be biased because i have a green one so i'm obviously if i want a different one i don't want green so i feel like i see that one a lot so i'm not going to swear up and down to that but it is a cool pack-in and you should check it out and you will be competing against people who complete the toy sets because this is a distinct Nintendo variant, it is not, you know, you couldn't just buy, buy it in one of the regular series. So this, and these four variants uh, th- for this game only came with the NES game. So sad, That's what sad was, news. That's, that's the question I had for you is whether or not it was unique it to the game. It is unique, yep. yep. And the, uh, uh, to be clear, these have always been cool, just like Five Screw Gotcha. No, I didn't say it wasn't cool. <laughs> all of the, all of that is incorrect, though. Oh, yeah, Gotcha is not cool. Even though we were just alerted that it, we said like, oh yeah, it came from this toy, right? Like the Gotcha paintball guns. Also a movie. Weirdly enough, which well, involved... you told me it was a toy. I don't know if you told me. I was surprised I, when I learned it yeah. was a toy a while ago, and I then I just learned toy. that the toy is based on a movie, which is yeah, like a what, like a a like a seduction movie where an older woman is like seducing a younger man who at college is competing in the gotcha world championships <laughs> yeah, that's like so ridiculous and the movie is called gotcha with the exclamation point and everything and then i i was checking it out and i realized i had seen this movie and never really put the two things together because how weird is that that this movie that is like adult was definitely like into a kid's game well, I, there's, I mean there's the, a total recall got a toy and, uh, nes game there's a rambo nes game i don't that's, know I That's mean, fair. The Ninja Turtles, <laughs> uh, Predator. Yeah, I guess Friday the Thirteenth Nightmare. Yeah, I guess Nintendo back then. It that's was the hundred percent. That's going to be an episode. Is vintage R-rated movie games because those are definitely cool. That's kind of like horror yeah. games are cool. Children's yeah. games that were absolutely inappropriate for children. That could be its own. <laughs> so its own episode. That's that's all I got there. Stefan or Tyler, do you want to take the next one? Oh, maybe Stefan. This is an easy one. The NBA Jam with cards? Yeah. Is that, Ooh. was there a, is it just a, a like a random a smattering of, of cards? I, I I don't know enough about this. Oh, you this didn't one. know? Okay. I, I'm I sorry. Know. Oh, that was Tyler that got, got it at yeah. Portland, not you. Um, yeah, this was uh, just NBA Jam for the Sega Genesis that comes with some cards. It's got a little sticker on it, or not a sticker, but a little print on top. There is a, there's 
variant with the cards, and then there's versions without the cards. So be specific. It's not that expensive, but yeah, it comes with like two or three cards from the era. It comes and with I, three I don't think NBA Jam Session cards, Johnny. Yeah, and I don't think they're unique. I think you could buy packs of Jam Session cards. Uh, it was a set from whenever NBA Jam came out, uh, 1993. Three? Sure. But yeah, the cards were randomized though, right? And it wasn't always uh, the same cards. Yes. So I'm looking at it now and it appears to just be three random cards from that set. Uh, Similar to the, uh, we brought up in the last episode, uh, the Doom Trooper game with a random assortment of Doom Trooper cards. And RBI Baseball 3, it's just three shitty like cards you could buy for less than a dollar if you're just going to buy any three of them. Yeah. Uh, So uh, I think RBI is was probably the first instance of like a baseball card, RBI three. Maybe. Is that RBI three? Is that before 1994? NBA jam came out in 1993. So I, I think that's the first one, at least for console games that came packed in with uh basketball cards specifically. Um, okay. I've got, I've got a, a small update here. I also want to say um, if you are a super stickler, uh, technically, the the three cards come packed in a uh, like a plastic bag rather than just like loose in the case. But mm. I mean, really, who cares? If you're gonna get that crazy about it, just get a sealed copy of NBA Jam with the cards if you really want them. Um, something I just learned about while looking up whether these were generic cards, uh, thanks to Joan Bone, who doesn't listen to the show, I don't think, because he's too good for us. Uh, the NBA Jam pre-order kit. Are you guys aware of this? No, do tell. I know nothing about this. I'm just looking at a picture of one. So it's got six more of these cards, and it comes with a little pennant, and it comes in a little box. It's like the size of a Game Boy box. It's probably exactly the size of a Game Boy box. It says Jam at Home, March 4th. It comes with a poster and like a coupon, a little pin, and what looks like a pog. I think it comes with an NBA Jam pog. This That's is pretty exciting Tyler, to me, guys. You have to complete your pog collection. What are you going to do? I Get on it. There's also that SNES game that comes with those mail order pogs, and I don't think anyone reached out to me about that. Uh, I'm pretty sad about this. And if you look for NBA Jam pre-order kit, you can find um, Joan Bones post, because he's the only one who knows anything about this. And a new old stock one sold for $735. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Woo! Pre-order stuff, am I right, guys? Spicy. It is like wrecked too. It's like crushed. Um, Wow. I didn't even know this existed. Um, Is it related to our thing? No, because it wasn't really a pack in. But um, nope, it's not. That's like a cool pre order. Yeah, I know. I'm excited because it looks like it has a pog. I don't know what else would be that sized and small and flat. But uh, we got to keep up with the pog news on Collector's Quest. That's right. So RBI 3 with cards uh, is. 1991 so that might be the first sports cards uh you know first baseball one so anyway i have no idea not sure but who knows what's going on in computer land like after the infocom games like there's a bunch of computer games that just come with stuff like you can get 80s games that come with like pinball games and they come with a pinball like just anything can happen at that point yeah i'm speaking more specifically to consoles like if you are into that leaning but you can, you know, there, there's a lot of different weird stuff you can get out there uh, if you are going down the PC route. Sure. 
So this one's all you, speaking of PC games. One of the most beloved, uh, popular PC games of all time. Is it the seventh guest? I mean, it's it existed. I, I would say it, Mist is, is more popular. It was popular because no, it was at the I, Mist is more popular. I didn't say the most popular. I know, I know. just one of. But like no, <laughs> like no a, one talks like about. Like how Tyler informed us that it existed. I mean, no it one existed. talks about their experience with the seventh guest beyond they're like, oh yeah, the seventh guest. I played that. It existed. When people are like, Mist, man, I got lost in Mist. I never got off the first island. Oh, what the hell's going on in Mist? Like people remember playing Mist. Seventh guest was just like, oh yeah, that was a thing too. That came with my compact presario, right? I my wife loves the seventh guest. And she doesn't yeah. play that many games, so what there you go. It was probably one of those games like Mist where a bunch of people who didn't play a lot of games were like, Oh, these are what computer Absolutely. games are all about. Yeah. Like it was, you know, during the FMV craze and you know, they were they were stretching their arms and yeah, Seventh Guest was yeah. Uh, it's it's one of the best selling PC games of all time, right? Hundred uh, percent. There's a million copies of it. Um, yeah. And if you don't know, the Seventh Guest is a horror adventure puzzle game. Uh, you gotta yeah, walk you around a haunted don't house. Don't know what Seventh Guest them. is. As a kid, I knew what Seventh Guest was, and I don't. You know, I didn't have a computer until I was pretty much an adult. Because we I, was poor. I didn't know what Seventh Guest was as a kid. For whatever reason, like I had missed, everyone had missed, but I did not have the Seventh Guest for whatever reason. Yeah, um, Mist is another one of those games. I my my friend who had a computer, my friend April, we went over her house and uh, we sat down and we played Mist together, and we didn't stop until we beat Mist. Like I remember, it was like uh, that sounds it, impossible still, to me. <laughs> oh, it, it was great, especially because like we got to cheat a little bit. Because when you're in the observatory and you have to, like, and you're doing the birthday thing, my birthday is one of the days. So I got to, like, you know, when you're just, like, randomly guessing, I'm like, oh, like, oh my God, it worked. horrible. Yeah. I, I, uh, I did, I played, like, the first time I legitimately played through Mist, like, I'd done it a few times as a kid and tried and got nowhere. And in college, I sat down and played Mist and I had, like, a notebook. I'm, like, an adult. I know what I'm doing. And, like, I still, I still had to, like, look stuff up. I couldn't beat Mist. It's a crazy oh, game. Oh, yeah. Uh, my friend, it was, uh, April Mason and it's like one of my favorite gaming memories, actually, like her and I just sitting at this like little computer and this is back when computers just like went anywhere. I think it's probably, it's either 1994 or 1995. So, you know, it's just a computer that was in a hallway for some reason, like, cause that's where they could stick it. Cause you didn't think about like putting it in like in a proper office and they weren't just like laptops. So you know, we're just sat there and her mom, uh, this is a girl I've known like most of my life. Like her mom would, she brought over like cheese and crackers and apples and stuff. Like, and then like we stopped and took a dinner break, like when her mom made dinner and then we like just went back to playing mist. Uh, this was, you know, to, to speak about like, I guess what kind of nerd her mother knew I was like at April's house, I could spend the night and mind you, we're like 14 and 15, 16 years old. And her mom was just like cool with that. That like not because her mom was one of those quote unquote cool moms, just because her mom was one hundred percent not worried about me. So yeah, so cool. Thanks. Well, I mean, when you're like yeah. nine years old, that's a cool mom. Oh man, their parents never no, check like, on you. You know those cool the cool moms who like buy the beer for their kids so they don't have to as yeah, long as, as long you're as not driving, home, right? Yeah, yeah, that that kind of cool mom. No, her mom wasn't that way. Her mom was like a like fairly strict good mom, but she was just like, yeah, I'm not worried about Johnny. He's not making any moves. 
she was also not wrong. He can't have children. Yeah, he can't have children. Man, the the money I would have saved in condoms. Just had I known this as an adult. Uh, Anyways. Guys, what are we talking about? That was a really weird tangent, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just dreaming of all those times. Like, just edit that. No one wants to hear that. The whole episode starts with like 25 minutes of us walking around our uh, office. The best and looking for episode stuff to throw we have out. ever done in our lives. Uh, this is the most Collector's Quest episode of Collector's Quest. Uh, it is. Anyway, this is be guys, the, this is going to be the the episode that I reference when people like ask for recommendations on how to start the show. This is going to be. This I is, mean, this, this is, is very much us. Um, we give you a lot of good information, but it's an information, like it's a burrito. We, our show is a burrito. The information is probably the meat layer, but we put a whole heaping of other stuff in there before you can get to that. So That's just right. keep digging. It's delicious. You'll love it. It is delicious. All right. Uh, I can talk about up to the next three, if you would <laughs> oh, like. Oh, please do. <laughs> what? Yeah. We didn't even talk about the seventh kiss. We did. We sort just, of. just mentioned said, that you the said game it was boring and everyone knows exactly. about you it. spent 20 minutes not talking about it, so that's oh fine. Yeah. It's fine, yeah, Tyler. So go ahead. Tell us what's in there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the seventh guest, uh, what I believe is the first edition of the game is the seventh guest special edition, which is why I uh, brought it up. It was one of the games uh, I found when looking into early limited editions. It comes in a book-shaped box and it has a 13-minute long VHS about the making of the game. Um, I love that uh, DVDs are always like packed to the brim with special features, but like old VHS tapes, like you could just put out a VHS that was like seven minutes long for something because VHSs were so cheap. Anyway, I, it's not actually called Seventh Guest Special Edition, but the tape is called Special Edition Video. So if you look for Seventh Guest Special Edition, you'll usually find copies that have the tape. And not only the the first edition that came, it, it looks like a giant book. Other versions of the seventh guest also come with the special edition tape. Uh, the tape is not rare at all. Like, I'm going to say maybe like $20 for a complete in box seventh guest, maybe like $50. Maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, we'll get you a copy with the tape. $15, actually. $35. <laughs> $25. with like a sticker. Like, don't forget that sticker. Uh, what's the sticker, Johnny? It just says seventh guest. Uh, does it come the, with the, the game? Font. I'm not, I'm not even looking at a yeah. copy of it. I don't I don't yeah, have it, it up. Yeah. Cool. They're like seventh guest. Tyler's like, yeah. Who cares about this game? No one cares. This game even got its own board oh, no. game recently. Oh yeah. Wait, what? Recently? Yeah. All right. Do you if you want to go into like literal variant hell, like console oh. games are nothing except for Atari. You go look at these 90s PC games that were like super mega ultra hits like Mist or Seventh Guest and SimCity and like the variants never, ever end. It's crazy. And you probably like, like down to the shitty ones they put on Target packed with like four other games in a weird box. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. Like if you collect PC games and I learned this from Tyler, just find a nice version you like, buy one of them and move on with your life. Don't keep going. I do like the sweet, like like that you had in Price Club. The the uh, like they did a lot with LucasArts games, like where you had the LucasArts collections, and it was just like a bunch of like CDs that were like shoved into a tray at like weird angles to make it look cool. I like those collections. Yeah, those, uh, well, I think those boxes are super ugly just because they show the actual CDs. I don't know. It, it would have well, looked I, cool if I was like a kid at Costco. I'm like, wow, look at all those yeah. CDs, and now I'm like, uh, loose CDs. I don't want to see those. Keep them in the box. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, one of the big problems too with PCs, right? As as the technology advances or like new drivers or new standards were made, you had to release kind of like a new version of the game. Like, oh, here, if uh, people are still buying it and playing us, this version is optimized for newer computers. So here, here's your new version of this. So that, uh, no thanks. I just never want to go down that road with variant games for uh, the PC. People always ask me, they're like, oh, are you going to like, because you do all those Harry Potter games, you're going to, you're going to get the PC ones? No. No. <laughs> Nope, I'm not doing that to myself. There's got to be a line one somewhere. Ups. Just that's no. funny. All right, All Johnny. Right. Do we want a do you want a pricing update? Do you know what the last seventh guest that sold with the VHS sold for? Uh, the special edition that you're speaking of, kind of special no, edition. No, actually, the special edition is a little bit rare. I, I was gonna I say because I, I don't even see that it. on eBay. Yeah, that one's rare. But just like any like an early copy of seventh guest that has the VHS, those are all over the place. Okay. What do you think the last one sold for? Uh, $15. I'm going to say 35 Didn't sell. None and sold listings on eBay because no one wants this game, Johnny, because it's not missed. Uh, there's one for $20 that has no bids on it. And there's okay, like a well, ton you know more what, for like 25 You know which version I want? And you have to get it sealed. It's the uh, the 11th hour 7th guest collection and it comes with a free strategy guide and they're just shrink-wrapped together. Cool. Alright, I see that you can get it's buy it now. Oh uh, yeah, buy it now for thirteen dollars with six dollars shipping. You can get you can have yourself a copy with the CD. I mean, with the with the VHS. Yeah. Anyway, um, no one is sold list. The fact that no one has bought a copy recently. Uh, if this when you search for seventh guest VHS, uh, I'm just gonna say no one cares, and we should move on to the next three that Stefan knows. About. Absolutely, yeah. These are ones people care about. Yeah. Starting with the QVC Maximum Carnage. We've talked about this actually Ooh. kind of a bunch. And I don't even know. Does this count? Like, I don't know is if this it a counts special because, edition? Like, because, because it's like the game is packed in to the special edition. This so, and It has an outer box. I, I don't know how to feel box. about this. This feels hmm. like if they had more standardized special editions, that this would be a special edition. Yeah, I think it was m- mostly because how rare special editions were at this time period. You know, on 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 Super Nintendo, there weren't. I think, yeah. but there's this, and then like in in the UK, they had um, the that uh, what Batman Forever one, right? That's a thing. It's like a big box Batman Forever. I think that's Genesis, and I think that's Australia. And anyway. then there was like an Echo so, as well. So rare that I'm screwing up the references. So uh, so yeah, um, you know, uh, big box. And big box in uh, the U.S. territory was not terribly common, and and especially ones that came with cool stuff like the Maximum Carnage one. So you bought this from QVC, which uh, if you're old people like us, you remember uh, a the the television network in which you know your grandma bought you stuff from that you had to call in, and you had like X amount of time to call in before there weren't any left, and they really it was it was the hard sell on now, QVC. Well, hold on, Stefan. We we've got some younger listeners here, so let me just clarify. So back in the day, we used to buy this thing called cable TV, <laughs> and they would take the TV and it would just be at your house all the time. It was weird. It was crazy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yes, it was a a, a a variant of the home shopping network. Um, and uh, you bought this. This uh, it was a big box of Maximum Carnage. That actually, the outer box is pretty cool. It's got like the red and black, uh, sort of symbiote look to it. Um, and it says the Maximum Carnage logo on it. 
uh, you open it up. There's the game. There's a certificate that is not unique. Like it's not, it's it's numbered, but it's not like individually numbered. So it just says, oh, addition out of 5,000. There's no like, without any like more granular serial number. So I guess technically if you <laughs> if you found a loose uh, certificate, you could just stick it in your box and call it a day. Um, but uh, so there was the game, uh, which the boxes to my knowledge and i've said this enough times on the show that i really hope that i'm correct uh is that the the game uh or the 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 box for the super nintendo and the box for the genesis versions are identical the outer boxes so you can hot swap those uh if you need to stefan i have heard there's a difference i saw someone mention it on facebook and they said pm me for details and i pm'd them and they gave me no details and completely ghosted me yeah, so uh fine. Then but that I, person I, after they said that, I stared and compared a few and like absolutely identical. I could not see anything. So it maybe it's something real obscure or maybe they were just talking about the fact that uh Genesis game was packaged on like one side and SNES game was packaged on the other side. Yeah, that's Yeah, and I think you can Yeah, I that's I think the only real difference. Uh and I I want to just tell you Stefan, you were right. There there is the Batman. So there is uh a Genesis one, but there is a Super Nintendo one, the Woolworths edition yes. of that Batman Forever uh, in PAL territories. Yeah, very rare. Uh, also, like would that that would fall into the same realm? In fact, the boxes look kind of similar, uh, but these ones you can tell if it's Super Nintendo or or Genesis because the Super Nintendo one says Super Nintendo printed on the back uh, or on the on the side. The Genesis one just says a claim. That how how kind of them. Um, so yeah, the, the Maximum Carnage box set comes with three pins, uh, and, uh, a graphic novel, hardcover graphic novel that is unique to that set, which does make it kind of a pain in the ass, or at least it did for a long time, because, uh, you were competing with people who wanted the graphic novel, like comic collectors, etc. So, uh, so that, that's kind of what drove the prices up. Still pretty expensive, hundreds and hundreds of, what, like, for a sealed one, I think. They're, they're like not quite a thousand dollars but close um but yeah so uh so that's the qvc maximum carnage again i believe it's an edition of a fat or five thousand but that's split between super nintendo and genesis so presumably well do we know of- if it's split i don't think we, i we i don't know if we know hmm also, well, good call on the price, an... Stefan. The last sealed one sold in December for $997, which is not well, quite a thousand. Not quite a thousand. Cool. Moving on, again, another uh, Marvel comic game. Also, 1994, uh, but Punisher for the Genesis. And this is the one that uh, I said was going to bend our rules a little bit because, uh, or why I wanted stickers included, because it comes with a temporary tattoo. Um, and it's the, essentially the the Punisher skull logo, um, but this thing I, I wanted to mention it because it gets it gets faked. Johnny, you were talking to me earlier about something about the something on the back of the paper that yeah. That is so it does say right? Genesis. It it should come sealed in a, like a little plastic thing, and on the back of the white paper that it's affixed to, it does say Genesis on the back or Sega. Um, so make sure you get an authentic copy because there's a lot of like the Punisher logo is pretty generic. So lots of, there's lots of temporary tattoos and stickers of this that people try to pass off. Bad fakes, good fakes. Uh, Just make sure you're getting the right version. If you're going to spend any money on this. I, at one point saw that tattoo by itself 
go for $400. Is that still a thing? No. That sounds extremely high, even for this game. Yeah, this is one of those things I regret not buying the tattoo, because I needed the tattoo for a while, and, uh, like, I didn't want to spend the money, the $80 on the tattoo. Now that would have been a very good price. Okay, Uh, here we go. Uh, December 1st, they had one that looks legit to my eye, sell, uh, buy it now for $250. That sounds closer to what I've seen them go for, yeah. Which is crazy, but it's a very popular insert for whatever reason. Like, even before the comic madness started. Yeah, if you want to get this game complete, it's like, you know, a $700 game, so. You know, between five and 700 with the tattoo. And, like, there are other Sega games, like Genesis games, that come with tattoos that are not nearly as popular as Punisher. Uh, Double Dragon 5 has a tattoo that's always missing, and that's like $100 complete with the tattoo. And, uh, obviously, this isn't going to be worth anything, but Kids on Sight for the Sega CD has a temporary yep. tattoo that I realized once I realized I was missing it. Cause I went to complete up a bunch of Sega CD games. All the copies are missing the tattoo. Luckily kids on site is very easily available sealed. So I just bought a sealed copy for like 40 bucks, but, uh, just, I hate temporary tattoos. Stickers, <laughs> good insert, temporary tattoos, bad insert, bad. Insert. Cause who was ever going right. to use Like you can't use it for anything. Temporary tattoos were always lame. Yeah, but I mean, that's also the the fact that they are temporary tattoos just will speak to the rarity. If you like were a kid and you put this on, that thing is gone forever. Done. Destroyed. So you're not going to just find that many. Temporary tattoos are the worst. But though. you would have been the coolest kid in your school for two days. Yeah. So I, I will leave this one as trivia. Uh, please at me with what Super Nintendo game came with a tattoo. Hmm. We were talking about. Oh, this. did we already talk about this? Off no, the show? we were talking yeah, we, about we, this off. We talked about it in the pre-show. Uh, I don't remember. So now I'm trying to rack my brain, Johnny. Yeah, um, I'm also just gonna like real quick go into some European Genesis items that were special editions. Uh, we alluded to the Batman, but and the Echo the Dolphin. I think the Echo the Dolphin one was like a weird one that came from a zoo, but it had like a little towel, like. There's a bunch of stuff going on in there. There's a Phantom 2049 that comes with like a keychain and uh, like a, some other special inserts. Batman comes with some cards. Uh, there's a Primal Rage, which comes with a hat and like a poster. There's just a lot going on. And then obviously, um, you know, you can find the where where in time and where in the world are Carmen San Diego's also. But Stefan, you have another Genesis one for us. so Because Genesis does. Yeah, what, uh, def- yeah, Nintendo so, definitely didn't do this. This one actually was one of the one of the ones that I had to search out for a while when I was well. I built most of my Genesis set by buying Johnny's Genesis set, but then there were some variants that I needed, and this was actually one that that uh, was tough for me to find at the time. Um, but it's uh, a copy of uh, Mario Lemieux uh, hockey for the Genesis that comes with a hockey puck, like an actual. Um, like professional grade as far as as far as I know um hockey puck um and it's uh it's actually like windowed in the box so you would definitely it's a it's a big box similar to like the Carmen San Diego big boxes it's similar dimensions um but uh then windowed in the front of the box um there's a hockey puck there is also and I was looking I I can't find the data for it, it might actually say in the game and I'm and I am not going to go get it right now but um but uh, I don't know how many were hand signed, but there were like 
secretly you know like a chase version of the of the game that had a hockey puck that was hand signed they all say don't get too excited because they all do have a like a machine signed um signature on the front of these uh but there are versions of it that were uh sneakily packed in with uh, a hand signature on the back um if i'm remembering it's something either this is something someone made up or i'm making it up right now i thought it was like 10 or something that's like so impossibly rare you're just never gonna see it right like i would you know just have the guy sign it (laughs) (laughs) we i swear on like an early episode i was on of collector's quest we brought this up with johnny and he's just like if i just go get mario lemieux to sign it does it count i have the variant right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i as a joke i don't know if the Mario Lemieux thing, I've had many people like just DM me pics of that. They're like, Hey, is this the, is this the signed one? I'm like, no, that is just that. And then they're like, but wait, look at this. And then I, I'm never sure. It's also, they didn't make it like a, a crazy, ugly black signature. They made it like a blue. So it looks kind of like a Sharpie signature. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to discern. And like, I don't have a reference photo for what a real signed one Looks like I've had a few people message me. I don't know if theirs are actually like confirmed though. So uh, I think I've seen one confirmed one, I think a long time ago, but I, I don't have it as like a, a reference shot um, to like confirm other people's signatures. Sure. These do seem to be common enough that they do. Like I, I see them in lo- like, I'm looking at one right now of where it's like just the, the, um, the Genesis hockey puck is just like in with like a lot of other hockey pucks. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the hockey puck on its own, if you want it uh, is not expensive. It's like $20 or less for the hockey puck. Um, it's finding that outer box. That's a little bit challenging. Like I'm just like scrolling through right now and I'm yeah, not really outer box is very flimsy. Yeah. I'm yeah and the hockey really puck's like... a real hockey puck. So it, it screws yeah, up. It's heavy. Pucks. Right. It's and like it does $200 come with a... for like a decent yeah. box, I think. Yeah, which, it comes uh, with yeah, that, a, a regular Genesis box inside that box too. Yeah, yeah and that's that's one thing that um uh I will say uh, uh, Tyler just mentioned it that um the uh, the hockey puck is a like a real hockey puck and so it weights down on that on the interior tray that's holding it into that window. So most often you will see them unless someone has like shrink wrapped it to actually i think my copy is like that where there's like a a a secondary shrink wrap somebody to shrink wrap the game with it in there and that's actually holding it into the window but um but yeah so a lot of times you'll see them sort of broke the that inner tray holding them into the window will break and then so it'll be sunk down into the bottom of the box so that's something to look out for yep hard to find a nice box yeah all right so I'm just going to cover these ones real quick, and this is going to kind of wrap it up for us, just to give you kind of an overview of what was happening as the history of special editions went on. As you're moving into 1994, Packins, sorry, Packins, man, so bad. Anyways, as 1994 is coming up, these Packins start to include CDs, and you start to get soundtracks and things like that coming and especially on the Genesis and with Sega stuff, because they are pushing their whole multimedia campaign as the Sega CD is coming out. They're dipping heavy into FMV. You know, they're in talks with Sony. They are really just very much like, hey, the future is over here. Look at all this cool stuff we're going to do. Look how 
for kids Nintendo is. So they're pushing their stuff. So you have games like Jam It comes with the CD. Shaq Fu comes with the CD. Jam It is first. And then Nintendo like gets their big one. They Killer Instinct in 1995 comes with one. The Jam It CD is, uh, you know, interesting in that you can you can find it like not too hard, but it's not it's not on the Super Nintendo version. So Jam It is a, a cross platform game. Shaq Fu is like, and it's just a sampler, by the way. It's not like a specific soundtrack to that game, really. I mean, those songs might be present, but it, the disc that you get is like a sampler. Comic Zone is another one that gives you this stupid sampler CD. So it's not like the Comic Zone CD, and you will see CDs that say Comic Zone, but that's not the music CD. This is like just American Productions 1995 music sampler is what it says. And it's just got a random CD. Like you can listen to some Danzig. Sweet, <laughs> I guess. If you have, that's if you really love some Glenn Danzig, you know, uh, jam on that. Uh, Mother, chat. yeah, exactly. That's my mom's <laughs> ringtone, actually. Uh, <laughs> so you could uh, the Shaq Fu is like specifically Shaq and his rap album, which is hilarious. Uh, his his four rap albums. Excuse me. Okay. Sorry. Have some respect, so- Johnny. <laughs> Sorry, I should have known uh, Master Tyler and his Willennium uh, proclivities <laughs> yes. would have corrected me. I have me. check CDs in my car, Johnny. Yes. Um, I should have known. Uh, anyways, you could see that the this is where we're moving on. And then, like, after this, like, 1995, it just gets crazy with what the packings are and special editions and everything and anything is being thrown into games. So it gets a lot harder to track. So I think we're going to close it up there. There's also like, you guys know Frank Thomas has like a game, Big Hurt Baseball, and that's got a card in it from Don Russ. And there's yeah, a also, lot of sports games start yeah, having cards. Ken Griffey, the two Ken Griffey games have like sports cards. They're not that interesting unless you like love baseball or you love Ken Griffey or Frank Thomas, uh, you know, Hall of Fame players that happen to have some cards in their games. But I think Brian that's Thomas it. Thomas has his own pinball machine. It's pretty oh, cool. Wow. Ken Griffey doesn't have a pinball machine. I did not know that Frank Thomas had. Ken Griffey uh, doesn't pinball. need a pinball machine, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, the true. kid. It's funny. His nickname is the kid. Now he's so old, and it's it's like a. It's weird to nickname someone the kid, especially seeing as they're going to grow old. Most likely, hopefully, for Unless that individual. Like, it was okay when they were like Western outlaws, because then they would they're die. Probably going to die, they, right? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like nowadays, you're like, yeah, hey, it's the kid. Uh, how's retirement? It's weird. <laughs> um, anyways, so that's it for Packins. That's a, it's a brief overview. Obviously, we we missed some stuff, right? We we it's not a full exposition. We didn't search out every game that ever came with a pack, and we just kind of gave an overview of what the history kind of looks like. But if you have some cool ones that we did miss, please tell us. Uh, I would like to know the first food packins, which uh, fruit rolls. Oh yeah, maybe fruit rolls. Yeah, we we've talked uh, about don't fruit collect rolls. food. Yeah, don't collect food. Don't, don't collect eat the food, food in it. Uh, yeah, go get your gun stars. Get those fruit rolls that aren't even declared. Gross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but if we miss some good ones, please do let us know uh, because we like to know about cool games. We are trying to tell you about some. If we miss them, tell us. We want to know, especially on foreign titles because we our, our knowledge is definitely limited there. And, you know, what are you going to do, pal? Like, what do we know about 
the Japanese scene. Hardly anything. Red is going to come in here and he's going to be like, guys, you missed like 40 That's games. That's never going to happen. Gonna... That's never By the way, sp- official sponsor of the show, Red the Game Shark. Be sure to shop at Cheap Cheap Games. You can find him and his store on eBay. He's got the best imports around. Cheap Cheap Games, Red the Game Shark. Hit him up. That's all I got. Red, find my games. I need to buy more stuff. <laughs> yeah. Official <laughs> sponsors of Red the Game Shark, the Collector's Quest podcast. Yeah. Our wallets. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else, guys, before we move on? Tyler? No? How about those right. Pokemon cards, guys? Man, these McDonald's nope. Pokemon cards are crazy. Am I right? Oh, that makes me sad. I don't want to talk about that. We haven't about talked that. about that Pokemon cards yet. Um, we could just move on, Johnny. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't. That's not. No. Yeah, we didn't talk about, like, we talked about Doom Troopers last time, but that might be the first TCG uh, card that came packed in. Pokemon was later. Oh, yeah. yeah, the, so, oh, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's just move on to the next part. What, what are you guys buying? What, and are you playing anything? Uh, I'm I'm back on a World of Warcraft kick right yeah, now. I can, That's what I've been playing. If you guys are on our Discord, you can see Stefan's logged in. It says playing oh World of Warcraft. <laughs> How embarrassing. That's right. I didn't I didn't realize. Now I'm embarrassed. I didn't realize that you could see that. Uh, I, uh, I sometimes open my stream uh on the Discord when I'm playing so like magic. So I am a I'm a mount collector in the World of Warcraft. Uh, that's like the essentially the only reason why I play, and yeah. it is now the Love Is in the Air event because of the because uh, mounting Valentine's holiday, yeah, mounting. And get it, get it. There mounting. is a there is an event that you can do on each character, yeah, you once can. a day during this oh, event yeah. that gives you a that's one right. in th- essentially a one in three thousand chance for uh, this mount, and that's what I've been hunting for is this mount that I do not have. It's called the Big Love Rocket, Johnny. Oh yeah. It's a large pink rocket that you can ride around. Of course it is. I really yeah. want it. Uh, oh, yeah, he I've does. Been, I've been trying, because it's such a time-limited thing, I have been trying for Get like 10 years or whatever stop. for this stupid mount. So wait, this and event happens every year? Yep. But you can only every try year, for it once a day for, for character? Like That's horrible. Stefan yeah, has so. been trying to mount this for years. That's all he's I saying. mean, the 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 it's like a boss fight that you can queue for, and so it's uh you know Is it you, a raid? Like do you have to go into uh, a specific raid it's, and be just specific? No, it's boss? just it's just a single boss fight that oh. takes about like, you know, thirty seconds to a minute. Usually the 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 waiting time is if you are like a damage class in which there are a lot more damage classes than there are like tanks or, or healers, um, then it just takes you a long time to like to get matched up with a full group because you do need a full group in order for it to like send you to the queue. So, um, so yeah, uh, and that's your damage the, class. What's your main? Well, I have my main's a, a healer, so she gets her queue in like 30 seconds, but then usually it's like, you know, five to 10 minutes per character. You're like, ah, oh, I'm a retribution paladin. Good luck. So yeah, one in three, one in, basically one in 3000 chance of, uh, of getting that, uh, getting that mount to drop and i have yet to get it to drop so that's what i've been doing with my time a lot um also yeah. it's a, a the the new expansion is is still relatively new so i've been playing stuff for that uh what did i buy did i buy anything let me look at my ebay i traded for some art uh just like traded some uh some not nintendo power art for some nintendo power art which i'm apt to do um but the one thing I did want to mention in this breath, uh, yeah, I haven't bought anything. I didn't buy anything, guys. I didn't buy anything. That's the thing you wanted to mention? Cool. Uh, no. 
Uh, I did want to mention that um, on the 20th, which is this coming Saturday, uh, not right now when we're recording, uh, but uh, but actually it'll probably be... Are we going to get this out before the 20th, you think, probably. Tyler? Yes. No? Yes? Whoa. So, uh, wow, Uplink, was... <laughs> up, Uplink which, is a, um, which is a virtual convention put on by the Long Island retro folks uh, every year. Um, or this is the second year now. Um, they are uh, are having a virtual convention, and they've asked me to guest. So I am going to do a panel about the art of Nintendo Power. So if you want to come hang out, ask questions. Um, it's going to be I'm going to do a little bit of like an art history presentation, but then uh, but then mostly it'll be uh, opened up for people being able to ask questions about um, you know the hobby or me personally or you know my journey uh, through this. Uh, collecting of nintendo power art that i love so much uh so it'll be a good time um it's gonna be me and then moderating for me is going to be tony from hard for games if people watch hard for games which is an incredibly awesome uh youtube channel that covers mostly things like uh unreleased prototypes and that kind of thing so he has graciously as uh accepted my ask to moderate my panel so uh so yeah come to uh, uplink and, and check that out on the 20th yeah is one of you a fan of the other or are you guys all in like the super rare game stuff group and you guys all he just and i met when respect? i so i went on his podcast when i had found the uwc prototype oh, that's how right, we met right. yeah and so that's how we originally met and then we remained fast friends since then so how, and, uh, how does that channel work so that channel like literally has like the craziest stuff all the time so whenever something like an unreleased prototype is found does that guy just go hard after whoever founds it and he's like i need to learn about this and get it on my youtube channel is that yeah, how he works? Uh, uh, oftentimes it's he's sort of like started out putting out a call for like hey if you have any originally it was like the n64 blue discs is what he was hunting really hard uh like the the 64 dd blue discs the development discs um which oftentimes would have unreleased 64 dd assets on it uh i think he was originally hunting things like um you know the unreleased earthbound which has not been you know earthbound 64 things, mm-hmm. assets from that kind of thing but um but he kind of just kind of put out a call for like hey if you have a blue disc send it to me and we'll we'll dump it like he you know has the ability to dump the the data and so um it started sort of out uh, started out him sort of just kind of uh treating it like a service like hey you know like send us your stuff and we'll get it dumped um but then um now it's like generally like you said like people will find stuff and i don't think it's m- as much of him going hard for these things as much as people just sort of like he- he's kind of put himself out there enough that people bring things to him sure. uh, to showcase so yeah all right tyler follow that up <laughs> tell uh, me what well, you bought well i i've been playing i mean t- speaking of world of warcraft now, I've actually, I'm getting off my RuneScape kick. I go for like a month or two super hard. It fills up my life, and I haven't played it in like a week now, which is fantastic. Uh, I finished up. Well, you, I mean, you have to walk your dog, right? So Right, that's it. Like, I, I have something else to <laughs> fill my time right now. So that, that nostalgia kick is not going to kick in for like four more months, and then I'm going to go over and ruin my life again, I think. I finished Wasteland 3. I think I've kind of been saying, that game's all right. And uh, it's still like, all right. I don't know if you've got... 30 hours to waste with a partner. It's a fine co-op tactical game. I will say it's extremely buggy and very frustratingly, I crafted like a completely overpowered shotgun in the game. And then the game glitched to a point where 
the entire crafting slot. So your your gun has four slots, and the most powerful crafting slot turned into a glitched graphic and stopped working. And it wasn't just in my save file. That happened in the entire game. So there was no way to fix that. So that was super cool to happen. And then me and Ada also started Darksiders Genesis, a game I have never heard of, but it is apparently an isometric Darksiders game. Uh, it just huh. plays like kind of an action RPG kind of God of War because you're just kind of mashing button combos. Uh, it, again, seems all right. And then... Are you playing that on your Wii U? Uh, we're playing it on computers. What? Wait, what? Just wait. Kidding. Oh, it's new. Uh, this Darksiders Genesis came out in 2019. Huh. You're thinking of Darksiders War Mastered Edition? I forgot which oh, okay. one came out on Wii U. I don't know. Yeah, there was like one that came out at the end of the Wii U's last year. Yeah. Cycle. I'm just making jokes. Okay, I, know I didn't know. <laughs> February 14th, 2020 was the console release. Apparently. Okay. Gamers released for Stadia Whoa. on uh, December 5th. Ni- uh, wow, a system so less relevant than the Wii U. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the, uh, origi- the original release was for Stadia and Microsoft Windows. We, we should talk about Stadia. We'll keep it on like the stuff no one collects episode. Get your, your Stadia starter kit that they gave away for free because they couldn't sell them for $100 anymore. Yeah, the, the uh, what was it? The Ouija or what, what was that one? Ooh, yeah. Uh, Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the a Ooh, bunch yeah. of people bought Ouya. Yeah. Although yeah. now I'm going to call it the Ouija. The yeah. Ouija. <laughs> okay. One more thing I'm playing because we brought up Impossible. Uh, Impossible is the f- sixth Monty Mole game. I didn't even know Monty Mole was a big series. Uh, I was playing Monty Mole yesterday for the ZX Spectrum on uh, my iPad. There's an excellent... The ZX Spectrum or um, the, the ZX? The ZX Spectrum. We're editing that. We can't have me saying ZX Spectrum on uh Especially after you've given air. me Jesus for Christ. doing it. What? Oof. You've given me for doing it. So. Oh, I know. I know. You can't you can't say JZ, can't say ZX. Uh, yeah, Monty Mole's cool. It's like a just a really hard old platformer where you die and it sends you back to the beginning of the entire game. Ugh. Is it a roguelike? <laughs> <laughs> the Monty Mole roguelike. Uh, so back in the day, Stefan, there were these things called I don't starting care. You games know what? Per, you know, I, I didn't doing I didn't the mean whole it. thing. I again. don't want to know. I I was making a joke. I, I'm making a joke back at you. God damn it! We're just gonna cut out the whole Monty Mole segment. No one cares. about No, that was funny. I like I like shutting you down publicly. <laughs> let me. So what uh, did you buy? Let me what talk about the things I bought, Johnny, because all of them are things that I think everyone has heard of. I First of all. Uh, what I didn't buy was uh, Bucky O'Hare, which I've been searching for. It, this was a specific game on my goals list, and a complete box copy sold uh, for $1,275. And there were already a couple crazy sales for some pretty nice and uh, complete ones that are like in the $800 range. And this one had nothing. It didn't even have the poster. It was in pretty nice shape, the box, and it went for $1,275. So I kind of, Bucky O'Hare... It has gone to the lowest tier of goal where it's like, I want it, but I just uh, not willing to pay for it. Stuff I am willing to pay for. Go Doesn't directory that. on the Famicom. Uh, sealed. Not because I, I needed it sealed, because sealed was the only copy I could find of it. It Literally, it's a, a random rare Famicom game. It's a Go game. Yeah. Woo! Oh, I'm glad you're furthering your collecting goals with it. Family Boxing. The gold cartridge, there was a family... So, in Japan, 
during the era of the Famicom, and like during Super Famicom 2, there were a bunch of contests, and they liked giving out gold cartridges as prizes for the contests. One of these contests was family boxing, and they gave out 16 gold cartridges to the winners. And I have one of those cartridges now for the Famicom. It's a cartridge, not a disc. Baller. It's f***ing baller. It's rarer than NWC gold. These, they all, like, these super rare cartridges, it's really hard to even find information about them in English. And when you look up information about them, you'll be digging through, like, sites that look like GeoCity sites. Very similar to uh, when we were talking about uh, the Castlevania Symphony of the Night Konami cards. Like, some of the information on this is from, like, 2002 and just has never been updated. And shout out to Red the Game Shark, who sent me some great links to learn more about these. But yeah, I have one and I'm just, I'm totally flexing. And it, it's not exactly the same ROM as the retail cartridge. It has a special title screen that says special edition. And it's probably not dumped yet. So Stefan, you have to tell me how to use my analog NT noir to do that. Yeah, okay. That's a, actually super easy. Sure. And uh, so one of 16 in the world, still not my favorite thing that I bought, uh, I guess, kind of the past few weeks. Uh, I also got in this same shipment a Square Buttons Famicom complete in box, super nice shape. It looks brand new. Uh, the very first release of the Famicom uh, in Japan, it came with controllers that had rubber square buttons, and they are horrible, which is why they were changed very quickly to the circular plastic buttons that you know and love on the Famicom that you may or may not have. And those consoles are pretty rare, but to find one that is... As complete as I wanted it, uh, it took me a pretty long time to search. They're out there. It's just like, ah, oh, this one has like a kind of crappy box. Ah, oh, this one is missing like the registration card. I don't want to buy a copy that's missing a registration card because that means to get it. Um, the only way I'm going to get it from Japan is to buy a whole nother console over again. So I finally found one that's like 100% complete near mint. And I'm very excited about that. All right. And yeah, yeah. Cool. no one cares about any of these things, but... They're they're going this this was a big collection goal that I got off my list. It's comparable to the test market NES, I would say. That's pretty cool. I'm yeah, cool. I'm not disparaging yeah, I'm not gonna, these things. Not gonna throw shade. Nope. Well, I mean, I don't have any passion for them, but they're neat. Yeah. I told uh I told this guy uh Red the Game Shark uh to go find one for me, but I had to go find this one myself, Red. Wow. What's going on? I mean, I mean now you're throwing I'm shade. I'm trying to get yeah. some expensive, Whoa. expensive games from cheap, cheap games. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you know, is he, is he doing it, like, at a cost for you? Like, I know. Is he just, like, being nice to you? Come on, man. Be, be better. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I'm, I can't disparage Red. He's he's a Patreon. A, a patron? A pat Patreon. Patron of our Patreon? I don't. I don't know what to call them because I've heard it both ways. I, I don't think it really matters. You just pick one and go with it. I can't pick one. Okay. Well, what'd you get, Johnny? What are you playing? No one cares about this Famicom garbage. Let's see. What am I playing? Um, nothing. There, there's been no time to play games, sadly. Uh, between Puppy and uh, Baby, there's, there's no, there's no playing games. What did I buy? Uh, I bought something today that hasn't come yet, so we won't talk about that. I bought uh, I bought some guides. Uh, if if it's never been made clear on the show, I like guides for my RPGs. I, you know, if it's a cool little guide, I don't like new guides. I don't want to buy a bunch of Prima guides or whatever they are now. You know, I like older ones. 
and I was exposed to a few uh, that I thought were pretty cool. So I got the Lagoon, and this one isn't called the guy; it's called the Hint Book. The, if it's called the Hint Book, that's even better. That's even cooler. So I got the Lagoon one finally, and that's nice because it pairs with uh, some of the other Super Nintendo guides I have. I got the Shadowgate one, and here's the real tragedy. Like, I've bought this Shadowgate guide four times. This is the first one that's ever arrived to me. And I got it, like, for a pretty good deal. I got it for, like, 25 bucks or something. And it came with uh, a manual and the and the game, right? I, no box. I don't care about that. I'm literally just buying the guide. So it shipped in a bubble mailer. Okay, that's, like, not a big deal because it's a cart. But what this gentleman did, and it was a long enough bubble mailer, but what the gentleman did was he decided to fold the guide so it would fit in the black sleeve the, of the Nintendo game. So he then, like, stretched out the black sleeve of the game so the, the dust holder is useless, you know, and now the, the guide is creased. So that was cool. That was a good moment. That's rough. He knew you got a good like, deal. He didn't want you to be happy with it. Yeah. Because he knew you weren't like, going to return it. Well, it was like, again, I don't know why I've had such trouble getting this one. I should just like buy a graded one in, in like a sealed container and have it shipped to me uh, because they just never arrive. I don't know what it's like. They get lost in media mail. And anyways, I, I get I have some I've had some trouble with this one. But uh, you guys, like I've said on the show, I love Shadowgate. I even have a a PC version of, of Shadowgate. I like it so much. So that that's how deeply I like Shadowgate. I also got Catwoman for the Game Boy Color, which is pretty cool. If you haven't seen the box, it's like super good, like 90s Catwoman. It's just like a, a compelling little box. Um, so check that out. I, I got a... Nice find on that. I got two things I'm excited to talk about. Hopefully that come next week and then I can talk about them on the next show. Uh, I don't know if I had the dog in the last episode. We bought a dog. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's a thing. Or, Did I talk right? about my dog on the last episode? No, you both got dogs. We 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 we, yeah. we skipped over you getting it and went right into it hating. Oh, it. yeah. I got a dog. It's a long haired uh, chihuahua. It hates me. He's adorable. It's the cutest thing in the damn world. <laughs> Tyler likes these dogs that are just small and mean. Yes, I do. Yeah. And then it, do you, it serves do you think it's because it reminds him of himself? Small and mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, Tyler's taking a lot of heat this episode. <laughs> normally, it's like, normally we kind of jump on you, Stefan, but I, know. I guess it's Tyler's turn. I, you know what? I, I saw an opening and I just went for it. You're like, I'm turning this around. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tyler, it's your turn. It'll be my turn soon. <laughs> um, probably next. Uh, anyways, yeah, we both got dogs. Uh, and do you say you bought a dog? Like we adopted a dog? Is that the more kosher term? I'm not sure. Uh, anyways, we got a dog. My my wife made me do this, so here we are. It's not Generally, that I don't I, love. Yeah, I, I love dogs, but uh, I I wasn't ready after losing my last dog. So here we are with a new dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you're ready, whether or not you're ready. Yep, he's, uh, that's life, he's a gold. That's how life generally treats you. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a golden doodle. He's very cute, very happy. He's you know Does good like with you? my son. No, oh, he loves me. Yeah, well there you go. Like I, it's supposed to be my wife's dog, but he follows me around. I'm like, no, go bond with Carly, not me. <laughs> Please God, <laughs> because, don't make this awkward. 
No, well, I want it just to come down to this, right? Because as you said earlier, when the dog likes you, it just like becomes your dog. Sure. I want it to be my son's and my wife's dog, like as the primary. Of course, I want the dog to like like me and hang out with me on the couch. But I don't like when push comes to shove and something needs to be done for the dog or like, uh, you know, it's a puppy. So if it like poops in the middle of the floor and I don't want to clean it up, what's well, a puppy? It's going to have some accidents. He's been great, actually. But I want to be able to go to my wife and be like, is this your dog? Like that one's gross. This is your dog. I'm I'm out. And if he is just like following me around, he's going to take that ability away from me really quick. <laughs> he's super cute though. Uh, I, I've never had like a golden doodle. Cause I typically, uh, you know, one like designer dogs are weird, but I, I don't like that hair type of like poodles, but he's got like kind of straight wavy hair. Well, wavyish straight hair. So it's not like they don't, uh, they don't shed too much as I recall too, right? No, that's golden like things? one of the, best things it's like he's got the temperament of a golden retriever mm. and uh the non-shedding of a poodle nice so that's like cool because i've you know had bassets and they just shed everywhere like you they, you think oh they've got a short coat but they're like super heavy heavy shedder so i'm like sweeping up a dog a week uh i was <laughs> anyways and now it's you know just one basset and this guy who barely sheds anything which is sweet Anyways, all right. Talked a lot about a dog that no one like. People don't care about your dog. And they're like, "Oh, you got a dog? That's cool." They're like, it's like your kids. Like they, they want to see like a picture, picture of your dog, so I can say that's a cute dog. And, and yeah, they, that's it. That's all they want. We've I've given too much into it. I I apologize. I will, I'll stop talking about uh, the dog and and my my child, which people also don't care about. Moving on. All right, uh, that's what I bought. Didn't play anything. Woo! That's the end of the show. We did it, guys. Woo, Johnny. All right. I've got a bonus yes. item for you to purchase. Okay. Bonus item right. on the Collector's Quest podcast here, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Invisiclues, which was a hint book. Uh, uh, Infocom sold a lot of these, but I know you like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It was one of those hint books written with invisible ink, and you'd use a marker, so you'd go to the part oh, where you're stuck. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would give you three hints, and you can unveil them one at a time so you wouldn't spoil it for yourself. And it's like, yeah, I, so just go get it. I imagine so. writing a hint book for a text adventure is difficult without send, just being send like, me a yeah, link. this is what you type, dummy. Send me a link. I'm, I'm going to go buy it. Um, anyways, I forgot an item. You you reminded me. Uh, we yeah. already talked about it once on the show. Joan Bone, um, he had kind of a rare hint book for the Nintendo. It's the Star Wars hint book. It's in black and white. So it's this is a weird hint book. It came out like two years after the game and you had to mail away to like JVC to get it. So it's a hint book that's basically like a little bit larger than a Nintendo a box Nintendo game and it's black and white and it's got the NES cover art on it. I was super pleased to get that because, you know, love all the all the things Star Wars uh, for like video game related. I was really, really happy to get that. I can't tell you how like stoked I was. I didn't even want to talk about it until it came, but it's, it's here and it's safe. So hooray. Hey, speaking about paper that you have, are you going to let me uh, buy that, uh, yes. that mortal Kombat letter or what? Right, yes, cool. it is like a hint thing, which I, I like, but you, your love for Nintendo power is greater than my love of hint books. Well, so yes. Yay. Yeah. I mean, talk it's going to talk about that pleasure. offline as they say in the business. Yeah. Yep, that that can be yours. Um, I know some things. Words, no money will change hands. We'll trade. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Excellent. Uh, anything else, guys? Okay. Yeah, Tyler. Tyler. Ta- no? Tyler. Uh, Tyler. Tyler's been eaten keep... by his dog. 
Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, I'm in my NES watch list, or I'm in my eBay watch list, and uh, one of the deluxe set posters I need that was overpriced at $250, the seller has increased it in price to $350. Oh, good. I'm glad without selling, its price went up. Uh, yeah. So I guess I'm probably just going to get another deluxe set at this point to get those inserts I need. Yeah. Rather than buying individual $300 inserts. Is, is, that, the, is that the test market one? Yeah, it's the the big Rob poster. Okay, so here, uh, when you buy that, just find one because you know I don't care about the that, and I do want a test market one. We can just work something out. Uh, all right, I'll I'll let you know. I'm probably gonna have to buy two more tests. Like this is not even near the top you, of my. You lost him as soon as you said work something out because that's. Well, not no, a thing I'll, I'll, I have I I swear I've sent you like one game, or maybe you sent me a game, Stefan, and I'm mis- no, you, mixing it up. Uh, no, you, I did send I've, you. No, I've, I've I, you, I hand delivered you again. I've sent you stuff. Yes, we did hand deliver stuff to you. Um, I've helped you, like, in Portland, we did some stuff, and then you brought me games in Portland, but we also, you shipped me some Xbox games, and I shipped you some huh. manuals, Genesis stuff. So I you've do done it. get rid of stuff from time to time when I'm helping out friends, Stefan. As, just not as long as it's just to us. <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you, because, like, just buying another test set and being like, now I'll never get rid of this thing, too. Like, I still want to test that once, or test. So, like, we'll just help each other out. It'll be... It'll be good. Um, Except okay. to buy two more, it would cost me like $2,000 at this point. So Oof. I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, we do have a Patreon. You guys can join it at uh, patreon.com slash collectors quest. The benefits there are you get to join our Discord where we hang out and we talk and we're having a good time. It's you know not a huge community yet. We got like 25, 30 people. We have some good conversations there. It's going. Also, you get any of our pre-show stuff that we tape extra, we call it CQ after dark stuff. So there's like, if I ever do a bonus episode or if we talk after the show for a lot, which Tyler and Stefan and I sometimes do, we post that up. It's, you know, we have tiers at two, four and $6. Uh, it's the pricing equivalent of would you buy us each a Coke or my, me a Coke or Tyler a Coke. That's how I've priced it out. You can go to the Patreon, check it out. If you can, don't do it if you can't afford it. If you want to show support for the show, this is now the best way to do it. Thank you so much. End of Patreon talk. And that's I don't know it for what the to show. do. You, usually it goes on for so much longer, Johnny. I don't want to talk about it too much. Like, the people will know. Like, we keep referencing in the show. Like, some cool things have happened there. Like, yeah. you know, there there are definite benefits. The people who are in the Patreon are also, like, super knowledgeable. You know, there, there's just benefits for being in the right crowd. I'm not like I don't want to strong on strong arm anyone, but if you want to do it, it's there. If you don't, totally get it. Moving on, Tyler. Where can we find you on social media? I'm default Jen, default G E N on Instagram and video game Sage and YouTube. I don't know the places. The Collectors Quest like Discord, which you can find if you go to Patreon.com/slash Collectors Quest. Okay, he doesn't want to talk about it now. He wants to hawk it. What is this guy's problem, <laughs> Stefan? Where can we find you? Uh, primarily these days on Twitter and Twitter on sucks. YouTube. Twitter Sorry. and YouTube uh, at uh, either Art of NP or Art of Nintendo Power. Just, you know, I got some good SEO thanks to Nintendo, so you'll find me either way. Uh, or on Instagram at uh, Archon1981 uh, or uh, inexplicably as Stefan on our Discord, apparently. Yeah, so, well, well, the all yeah on on our Discord. <laughs> well, you have your own name on Discord, but on our Discord, you're just Stefan. You're under the host file, so yes, it's just our names. 
Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, because we don't need to be weird internet identities. People know who we are. We're all friends. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you can find me at uh, Johnny underscore Ayuchi on Instagram. Uh, occasionally on video game stage when I'm checking in and answering messages that I got like six weeks ago and then feel like a heel for, for not, especially when they're trying to help us and I oh, no, answer I, them. I saw you log in to post the Patreon link, Johnny. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Did I do that? You did 100% I just like did that a couple days ago? Did I? Where did I post? It the was in the collector's link? quest thread. Someone asked if there was a Patreon link, and you logged in. Oh well, like, oh, I didn't do it unsolicited then. Oh yeah, it was I, it was uh, solicited. I'm just saying. You may you may. It's assume, funny to like, bring it up I, again. <laughs> I'm like, was I so tired one day? I'm just gonna be like, I just posted it in there. No, like <laughs> I'm just gonna jump someone, in here and post our Patreon. I'm like, that does not sound like me. I was super offended. You're like, oh, you you left out conveniently that somebody asked me for the link, so I provided them the thing they asked me for. Jerk. Making me look bad. Yeah, um, trying to. I mean, I do that Your enough turn. for myself. I don't need help. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's where you can find me. And again, uh, on the Discord. We will see you next time. Again, let us know what we missed and let us know uh, any of the other cool things. Uh, that we we could have seen or or didn't tell you about. That's it for the show. Thanks and bye.